Hello everybody and welcome to episode 3 of Video Drones. In today's episode, Tony and I talk about two incredibly formative shows for us back when we were kids. I talk about uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and the Edgar Wright sitcom Spaced. These are both awesome shows. We really had a ton of fun revisiting them and chatting about them together and I hope you enjoy listening to it. If you want to uh, leave us some feedback or check out the video version of this podcast, I have linked our YouTube down in the description below. If you also want to come check us out on Twitch, I have linked both of our Twitch channels down in the description as well. Feel free to come by, check that out, and say hi. Tell us that you're from the podcast. We would get a super huge kick out of it. Anyway, that's it for now. I will see you all in the next episode. Peace out. This is episode, oh god, yeah, episode, it's episode three, three in the canon, but it's episode in four in the production canon. Of in things. the production canon, yeah, because I have my notes here as episode four notes, and then I'm like, oh wait, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I keep on messing it up too. It's all good. We'll get yeah. it. We'll get it someday. Yeah. Um So we're here today, uh, covering Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's that's it's uh it's like a throwback to uh to uh Beef House a little bit. Oh, it's so little. densely packed with weird humor that is incomprehensible but holy but shit, yeah. Holy holy hell is it great. <laughs> and uh we are also covering Spaced, um which is one of my favorite uh shows ever. I probably rate it as my favorite comedy show of all time. I've watched it in totality a number 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 of times. Um, I would I would say both of these shows respectively are are, are quite formative for the two oh, of us. Big time, big time, yeah. and that's that's kind of where the parallel comes. Uh, I mean, Sam, you had showed me uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place back in high school. I um, I'm trying to remember the story of how I discovered it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. I think I, every time I think about it, I just see like weird demonic symbols and i remember like <laughs> screaming and i remember like flames and then i woke up and i was like huh i should google this thing um but uh yeah no garth Marigi, i don't remember how I, I tracked it down i think a, i think like a mutual friend of a friend showed it to me or i, I mentioned it to me or something and i found yeah. it on youtube that's usually um, the way that's usually the way right and thank god for it being on youtube because it's probably impossible to find any other way almost impossible i remember um showing it to you um we were in in class for our our what was that what was it even it's like the, communications like or communications like technology or whatever yeah, yeah high school and uh i remember showing you this and you were just as obsessed with it as i was immediately <laughs> and then i remember you tracked down a region locked dvd of garth Marenghi's dark place and also a region locked dvd player from england in order to watch it on that i don't know if that you ever actually spaced. ordered them that, that was, was a space. Spaced. Oh, I thought it, it was for Garth Marenghi. Garth Marenghi. I never okay. tracked down a, a DVD of Garth Marenghi because it's okay. It was printed once, I think, maybe yeah. twice, um, on DVD, and it was 
essentially never widely produced or or received because it's yeah. truthfully not not to be a like a 2010 definition of a hipster but <laughs> like it, it's pretty under the radar i don't think a lot of people know about it um it is truly a cult classic by every yeah, standard like it's it's yeah. a comedy show that really has a it it's like ephemeral like it it's only a season long there's only like yeah. six episodes. There's I think, six maybe episodes, seven? yeah. Yeah, six episodes. There's six episodes, and then they released a docu- a mockumentary about the making of the show afterwards. Oh. That's like a half an hour. Called, I didn't um, know that. It's called Dark Dark Place Immaterium or something like that, and it's <laughs> it's literally just a half an hour of the <laughs> fake interviews that they do in the show. Dark. I'm actually writing that down. Dark yeah, Place Immaterium. I I think Immaterium or something like that. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna look it up because I might be wrong. I'm sure it's something ridiculous and, and uh, incomprehensible like that. Um, yeah. But it's it, 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 I struggled to describe it. Um, mm-hmm. It feels it feels like a parody of like the old Westfall kind of <laughs> hospital dramas and soap operas like ER and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's like all mixed with the occult and oh, uh, really weird it, symbolism. It's like very specifically the um, style of the show. Actually, should we really jump into it now? Because we, we should also say the other show that we're going to be talking about is is, is Spaced, of course, yes, of which course, is yeah. your what you're obsessed with. Yeah. And um, yeah, did we want to talk about anything before we ju- really jump into the the meat of it? Is there I think else that we, we should just. I think that we should just, just jump hop right on into in? it. Yeah, I can't right. really uh, think of, of a lot to go into that this show doesn't kind of explain through its its story beats and its narrative there's not a lot of yeah. background on it um i yeah. guess maybe we could go through the the main uh cast um sure well I, so this so this show came out in 2004 it's uh it's directed by richard awade who is one of my favorite fantastic comedians he's absolutely terrific he's a british comedian uh and he's just terrific he also directed and submarine it, as far as I yes know, and which is yes. one of and my favorite coming of age movies ever and didn't he direct um, the that Jesse Eisenberg movie where he plays himself the double double or whatever? Or uh, I believe he's I he's know. directed a couple a couple things and they're all weird. Richard yeah, Roddy is just a very a very uh, strange man. He's absolutely hilarious. Well, um, he's very well yeah. respected in the comedy world. Like he gets a lot of credit, like writing credits on a lot of like really big stuff that I can't remember the name of right now, honestly. But, yeah. Like, I, I would say him and, and Taika Waititi are, are both in the same realm of just like they make really genuinely hilarious satire that is very clever mm-hmm. and both are, are pretty pretty respected in, 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 the, in those fields. Like they're just, they're, both of them are just, they're like, I don't know, like our brains are insane and we make crazy hilarious <laughs> stuff. It's just, I, I love them both. And I, and, um, I really liked um, Submarine um, for that kind of reason because that kid's mind is just as screwed up as it's like in the book as it is in the movie and it's right. crazy how he's able to uh portray that kind of uh that that adolescent anxiety like mm-hmm. so accurately and all of like kind of figuring out where you stand morally and all that kind of stuff but he's doing it in a really like out there kind of uh just 
abstracted way, I guess. It's it's yeah. really interesting. He's a great director. He's a really fantastic yeah. director. Really, really good. Um, and it's really good. Also, uh, Matthew Holness. Um, I don't know yeah. a lot about him, but he's the main character. He's Garth yeah. Marenghi. Yeah. He's Gar- Garth Marenghi, aka Doctor Rick Douglas, MD. <laughs> and um, he actually, him and Richard Awade wrote, created, and wrote this show together. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I, I was trying trying to look up Matthew Holness's other credits. He didn't really. He hasn't really done a ton. Um, after this, he mostly does a lot of like indie comedy in, in England. He he doesn't really have any yeah. kind of like mainstream kind of presence in in film or television for them. Yeah, from his, what I could uh, tell. His Wikipedia page is him playing a guitar, like an acoustic yeah. guitar. Like I don't know. Oh, he's in the office. He was in the a British office. He was in like oh. one ep- like two episodes or something like that. I think. Interesting. Yeah. So well, he's done a, he's done some things, but I don't think anything too recent. But he he's fantastic in the show. He's, he's so so funny, hilarious, and the show would not be nearly as good if it wasn't if he wasn't in him. In it, it, yeah. His kind of a his he reminds me of John Doerr. Remember that Canadian <laughs> comedian like back in the day? He had like the John I, Doerr show. Yeah, I kind of remember. Oh yeah, like yeah, really yeah, yeah, off yeah, yeah. The wall, kind of like Canadian Tim and Eric a little bit. Um, yeah, I I know I remember who you're talking about. The brashness reminds me of that a little bit. Um, but it's been a while since I watched anything John Doerr. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, great show. I feel like we could uh we could probably just dive right on into this. Yeah, let's yeah. dive right into it. So yeah, great. so this is a um, Dark Place is a mockumentary satire of B horror films from the 1980s, like. This very much lives within a place of like the first thing and most important that comes to me is just like purely a parody of like Stephen King and Stephen yeah. King's movies and um, all the stuff that he built and he released in the 80s. You know, we're talking about like the Langoliers and and it and and uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you very much it, feels like. Oh, sorry. Do you think it's rooted entirely in that or do you think it's it's taking kind of from a lot of different sources kind of oh, like it's spaced? Taking, it's taken from a lot, but I think I think definitely the first thing, specifically with like Garth Marenghi, the um, what is the 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 writer, uh, director, actor, and dreamweaver Garth Marenghi, uh, he he's very much Stephen King. Like that is yeah. he's like Stephen King of the eighties when he was high on cocaine twenty four seven. Like that is just this purebred narcissist. Like that's who this character is, and that's everything in this show is about how narcissistic this character is yeah it's everything the ultimate power fantasy yeah like just a huge power fantasy completely unhinged and it's it it's really absurd to see um this like really misogynistic horrible kind of man just going completely buck wild with his imagination it's being let into this guy's like literal mind um, and he's insane right away into his dark place into his yeah Garth, into Garth, his dark place his dark place dark place and yeah and, and literally no one it's just a uh, you're watching the creation of a person who at no point did anyone tell him no like that's yeah that's the crux of this whole everybody show within a show a within a show Every, yeah everybody thinks that he's a genius he's the smartest man in the room always um, always and he's he's credited with writing several books which i've written down the titles of oh please i'm and so yes i would so like to, to go this. through these um he well there's a shot like initially and it shows yeah, yeah, all yeah. of his titles um, the the book and, the wall of books exactly. yeah yeah um so one of the titles go is the told <laughs> slicer four slicer <laughs> afterbirth 
and that's a movie about a giant placenta attacking san francisco aka no, I mean, attacking bristol bristol my bad okay bristol uh and that's the blob as far as i can tell um, yeah which is that's a stephen king story right yep yeah so that's like directly confirming what you're saying essentially um <laughs> my my personal favorite in all caps juggers um <laughs> black fang slasher and r-i-p-p-e-r ripper by garth Marenghi. what a what a visionary honestly my god as a, good a as plethora of works yeah as good as re- at writing books as he is uh writing titles it's Absolutely. pretty fantastic um so yeah it's like starting off with him kind of being interviewed and, and laying the base for what the mm-hmm. show is yeah it, the the beginning of it is it starts off with him like in his study mm-hmm. and it's very much like kind of a classic 80s pulp opening of like you know the creator it's very twilight zone this twilight zone is yeah. another huge inspiration for the show yeah i was it's, gonna it's s- very yeah yeah i was gonna say it reminded me of the uh, tv shows that you can see on the tvs in alan wake mm. like the really really that. wacky kind of overdone like obviously we are trying to be twilight zone right now but we can't because of copyright reasons so it's quantum falls or whatever the fuck um (laughs) yeah i think that yeah this this gave me heavy vibes of that specifically um totally yeah i I, yeah what you were saying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, it starts starts off and he's you know very much the hitchcock character being like hello I'm visionary, Goth Marenghi, <laughs> and he go launches into it. And the the setup for this and him presenting Garth Marenghi's Dark Place to the world is um, he had it made, and then the studio said no <laughs> to, to airing it, and then he said, "But now the studios come crawling back." begging me to dig it up out of my basement <laughs> so he goes down to his basement and finds some old film reels and then he says and i love this he says i spent three hours of my life conducting interviews yeah. for the show i have that written down three whole hours of interviews and it's yeah like like th- interviews with two different people i think yeah with, with himself and his producer dean Lerner. <laughs> those are the only two people that he talked to and they were probably like Dean Lerner was probably asking him the questions in his interview and vice versa as well. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to appreciate the, the self-awareness. Uh, it's constantly digging on its own production value, which I, Tons. I have to love. I can't not love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes into the basement and he fishes it out. He fishes out the film reel. And yeah. what, what happens? You got the beats, man. Yeah, it, and then he be, he's basically, all right, and then without further ado, I present to you, <laughs> Dark Place. And then we jump into the actual intro for the show. Like we did our, our oh. creator intro or sort of like setup, and then we jump straight into the opening credits of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, um, where it's like very Twilight Zone. He's, he's typing at a desk that's spinning around in, an, in a black <laughs> void in space, and he's with his voiceover being like, I'm Dr. Rick Douglas, MD, and I work at Dark Place Hospital. With and this, like, uh, basically, yeah, do 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 with the fucking Twilight Zone theme song. Oh my God, it's so good. And it's just, yeah, and then we cut to a montage, basically he sets up the story about like, okay, you know, we work at this hospital, and there's demons. And and then we cut to the actual like, 
classic credits of just like a montage of clips half the clips you never see in the actual show yeah of course uh, are never scenes half of them are and half of them aren't and they're and, all uh, like we... super super high octane like big explosions like super high lots octane of guns lots of stuff like there's seasons that were already filmed that they didn't get to release afterwards <laughs> yep and and yeah, everybody in this hospital is armed to the teeth uh like <laughs> so it's just it's there's explosions yeah he's like he's there's at one point there's like an ambulance blowing up behind him and he's got a baby and he jumps he just does like a huge dive into like a, a like a trench with this baby like just absolute insanity it feels like a like a yeah just this 70s pulp bullshit yeah. b-movies vibe right and another great thing is like it's obvious right away it's like they this because this came out in 2004 mm-hmm. and they put so much effort into making this look and feel like something straight out of the 80s oh big like time like the attention yeah. to detail the film grain the 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 dubs the the quality of it like literally if someone was like we found this mm-hmm. it's from the 80s <laughs> it's lost i footage. would believe it yeah i would believe it if i did not know that this show if i did not know the things i knew about the show when i was watching it the first time and someone was like oh yeah this is some crazy show from the 80s i would believe them absolutely I yeah would. Like this is this is some crazy piece of satire from the eighties. You put it onto a VHS, you pop it into pop it in. This is the only way that you could get it. This is the only way yeah. that I could watch it. And yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, sure. This is this is exactly from yeah. that, that I, time. I, I found this laser disc in an abandoned house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's on it? Like that's the feel of the show. It, the cover's got like a warped like warped by fucking uh, water yeah. damage, all that good it's stuff. Like, it's like a face screaming in shadow is like the cover of the of the, of the fucking DVD. Straight out of a 4chan copy pasta. Exactly. Good. Um, good stuff. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I have a note here saying like it's completely self-aware, like like so fucking self-aware. And then All he the has time. like a, a completely irrelevant quote from King Lear, which is cited <laughs> improperly. Like he, yeah. he just has page 40, 49 or whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah, well, King, King Lear, page 49. What copy, I, I, I didn't, I didn't write down the quote. But yeah, so it, it we get through the titles and then it, it we hit this title screen. We have an opening shot of a model of the hospital, this miniature <laughs> model, which is perfect. Yeah, it's great. Right? Yeah. It looks like, a, it, it looks like a kid's show. Exactly right, and yeah. and they have this this wonderful little little scale model, like Star Wars style scale model, and then it just says, um, uh, "Episode one, once upon a beginning," <laughs> and then it it zooms in on the model, it zooms in on, on the front door, and we cut to the, our kind of first scene of the show, which is our our female lead, um, who's name I can't remember now. I don't know. They say it once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this, uh, Alice Lowe. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, she absolutely. enters the hospital. She she walks and then she turns. She gets down to like pet a cat that isn't there. And then someone, a stagehand off off a screen, throws a cat in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts to pet it. And then it, and, uh, it it's perfect. To her. It, it whispers, whispers to her. To her. <laughs> what does it say? Get out. Run. Get out now. <laughs> get away. Get away. And then she says, huh, that cat just told me to get away. And then she <laughs> keeps going. And uh, it's it's perfect. It, that, that whole beginning is like, okay, this is exactly what we're doing. Like yeah, emblematic of the rest of the series. It's not going to make any sense. Nobody's paying attention to anything. Yeah. And everything is made to be convenient for the plot to just move forward in the most uh, efficient way possible. Yeah, at a breakneck speed, so much happens in this first episode. Yeah, you really, if you were to sit down and like actually analyze everything that happened in this, like a serious lore analysis, 
it would be really dark and really complicated <laughs> and you would have a lot going like you could probably yes. have an entire like character branch and timeline for the garth Marenghi universe if you were to uh if you were to watch the whole series it's it's so dense like mm -hmm. like you said with beef house like um, it has as much information in this 22 minute episode that beef house doesn't in, in its 13 minute episode like yeah. or no sorry it has more it, it's just uh it's intense how 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 fast it moves yeah packed like, packed densely it's like a pumpernickel bread it's yeah. crazy um I, I i notice new things every time i watch this show yeah well it's it, that's kind of the nature of it i think they hide yeah. things that that are supposed to kind of be discovered after you pay more attention which i i love and I think that that comes across a lot with like the production uh, stuff, the kind of uh, mm -hmm. production value of things and props and like the weird discrepancy in like um, in like just general script consistency and continuity. <laughs> yeah. And then the, <laughs> the continuity is my favorite. Oh, the continuity is terrible, but it's great. And they it's have so funny that juxtaposed by like this really these really competent special effects all yeah. focused on like goring up an entire room or like he has a flamethrower <laughs> at one point yeah it's, it's massive insane. explosions yeah i wonder if that was a real flamethrower it looks really good it probably was yeah it probably was to shout be perfectly to, honest shout out to wholeness that that was probably a fun day of filming absolutely <laughs> yeah and yeah. Yeah, that's a <laughs> That's I can't wait to get to that. That's definitely jumping ahead because oh, yeah. we have a lot to get through before For the flamethrower sure. scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what happens next? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so she goes up to the front desk to to talk to the to the receptionist. I guess this receptionist is he's not a nurse. He's just a guy in a sweater. Yeah. And he, <laughs> at this hospital. Yeah. He's just chilling there. He's just chilling. And, and she goes up and she's like, "Hello." I'm looking for a job. I just graduated from from what she say, uh, Harvard, Harvard, Yale, Stanford. <laughs> I just graduated from Harvard, Yale, Stanford. Top of my class. I, I'm I'm top three percent GPA. I got an A in being a doctor. <laughs> is what she says. Like, wow. And he says, <laughs> he says, that's great. Oh wow, that's so good. We just had a doctor die under mysterious circumstances. You you can start today. <laughs> like well maybe i want a minute maybe maybe i, I need a, a minute i don't know if i'm ready just yet it's like well we've already called the person i've already called the yeah we've already called dr sanchez yeah was it san what what's his dr. name dr rick sanchez it's sanchez. Oh, no, sorry dr dr sanchez and then rick sorry rick daggins is our main character but dr sanchez lucian sanchez Okay, because I heard them call him like Sanjo at some point or something like that. Like maybe it's a nickname. A uh, Sanj. They call him Sanj. Sanj. That's it. Is that's his nickname. Okay. Um, that makes but sense. But yeah, no, Doctor Doctor Lucian Sanchez, um, played by uh, um, wonderfully by um, I can never remember this actor's name, but he was in the IT Crowd and he's in um, uh, a show that I've been meaning to watch on Netflix called the uh oh, best show in town or something like that replace it's anyway i'm going sure. off on a tangent no. i'm going off on a tangent about things that i i'm only half remembering so <laughs> i'll, I'll forget that i'll leave that for now but um yeah he's he's amazing i love this actor so he shows up dr rick sanchez and uh all of his lines all of his dialogue in this entire show is dubbed yep and it's hilarious yeah and they have he's more got such a thick voice it's so it's so weird and it doesn't it's so ill-fitting it's the only yeah. person who has dubbed audio and yeah like they have dubbed audio for other for other characters at some points but it's not nearly as pronounced as as this guy's like it's yeah. so much 
And it's like, it really took me by surprise. I was like, why are they dubbing this guy's entire voice track? It makes no sense. This just sounds horrible. <laughs> but in there and lies the joke. Exactly. Um, and you got to love that. You, you got to love the, uh, the production value jokes. Again, like really taking a risk with that because some people would be like, okay, this is really annoying. I can't handle this. Like not yeah. him, his mouth not being in sync with what he's saying. Totally. I, I, I love the show, but again, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to compare it to Beef House because Beef House, I was watching, I'm like, oh, this is like legitimately like an alienating experience. <laughs> Whereas Garth Marenghi is like, it's like you're watching some kind of weird, it's like you're watching like a weird alien creature give you a hug. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. It's so, it's so welcoming and inviting and, and off-putting at the same time. <laughs> It's well, just hilarious. You're kind of like going into it and all of your assumptions about TV are like kind of realized. Like, yeah. And like all of the kind of tropes that they're playing on, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I see that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. I like that that's there. But then also yeah. you get these experiences where you're like, oh, OK, things are getting really serious. Like with, with the shovel <laughs> is all I'll say. The with the shovel. shovel. Oh, yeah, we'll get to the shovel. Goodness gracious. The, the <laughs> shovel is crazy. Oh. Um, so I guess the, uh, it cuts to Garth. Oh, right. Oh, no, no. So, so yeah. So Sanchez comes up and he's oh. like, hello, I'm Dr. Rick Sanchez. <laughs> and he, he goes in for to, to shake her hand and they shake hands and immediately goes to like a, like a, like his inner monologue. And he's like, ah, my hand. And then he starts to scream and it's like a dub scream of like, ah, like a Wilhelm scream. And she's like, ah, oh, and he's like, ah, oh, and the guy behind the counter is like, <laughs> what's going on and and it, it we have all these weird visions of like gore and like melted skeletons and like there's like a cat running around and she's like oh my god i'm like i'm having a psychic vision <laughs> and then uh, she collapses on the ground and, and after he was like screaming and like dying and then he as soon as she lets go he goes huh are you all right <laughs> and she says not really on the ground like with her eyes wide open yeah like so after then, they had both been screaming at the top of their lungs for exactly like, it's it's a 45 second cut or 45 yeah. second like thing like it's a long <laughs> extended screaming session it, and they play with it too like at one point like he's like screaming and he's like looking around at like the director <laughs> he's like looking back like it's it's very they, they play with it every single moment is uh his mind is for as much as it, it can it can get oh I for think, sure in this show it's artfully done it's artfully yeah. done without a doubt um yeah so you have uh you have the the handshake and uh, mm -hmm. and what happens next uh then that's it that's that's the cold open that's the cold <laughs> so open. then okay we we get introduced to, to dr rick Douglas. Hey, yeah the, the elevator doors open up and he walks out he's wearing his la his uh white doctor's coat over his uh all black everything else yeah it's, and uh his outfits are really really uh, upsetting to me um, they're really upsetting. they're upsetting yeah and i'll i'll bring up the one that's really upsetting to me later on um, okay you probably know but yeah okay <laughs> and so yeah. he comes in kind of doing his little like exposition about being the best doctor in the hospital and uh i'm too overworked and i don't get paid enough money <laughs> and uh yep. he he goes in he's like oh i've been called in because some 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 tart bunked or noggin or something like that and uh, just obviously right away he's just like very sexist and very elitist and he's very like i'm the you know biggest biggest dick in town and uh so he goes in to the room with sanchez and 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 our our, our female lead i'm gonna look up the character's name because for some reason i can't remember it i need to look up the character's name because it's gonna um, book me ba, ba, ba. madeline wool madeline wool is that the the character's name or the actress's name uh the character's name 
the characters. Okay, Madeline. So, do- or, oh, yes, Dr. Madeline. No, an act. No, so that's the that's the actress who plays. So it's a it's a sh- it's a show within a show. So it that's right. Madeline Wool is the actor in the show, but then Dr. Liz Asher oh, is Dr. The Liz name. Asher is the, yeah. Oh my god. This this is so yeah. So everybody in this show has yeah, we have the actual actor playing them. They have the actor they're playing in the show and then the character that they're playing in it's, the show. It's something to keep up with. It it is really. Yeah. The the fake oh that's right I forgot to mention the fake titles at the beginning when it's panning through the hospital before we meet Doctor Les Asher, um, and it says you know doing through the credits all the fake credits and then it says music by you know um, Harry Martinez and then it says based on tunes whistled by Garth Marenghi. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. That's good. And, yeah, and and he wrote it and he directed it and Garth Marenghi wrote and directed this and, and produced by Dean Lerner and, and, and everything else and uh, it's just yeah, the fake titles at the beginning are so funny. Damn, a proto Tommy um, Wiseau. Exactly, Wonderful. really. <laughs> yeah. Predicted the room really. before the room. It, it, pretty much. This is, the, this is the room of the room. The room. Um, didn't take itself seriously yeah uh, exactly exactly oh, um, man. Um, so he goes in dr daglas goes into the room to meet dr asher and dr sanchez mm-hmm. and uh, oh yeah dr asher because she now works there even though well, she is just, now a doctor yeah, in all full capacity no problem they give her a job Same even day. though she had a psychic vision and collapsed <laughs> immediately afterwards um so he goes in to meet her and he's very skeptical and he doesn't think that she's actually psychic and and even though she reads his mind and then he's like are you really psychic? She says, yes, watch this. She closes her eyes, opens her eyes, and her pupils and everything are just pure black. And then she closes them again, opens them again, her eyes are back to normal. And he says, wow, nice trick, but don't do that out there on the floor. <laughs> you got to have a bedside manner. Yeah, got to have a bedside manner. Oh, man. Um, her curse is dark. Her, cur- her, her curse, curse is dark. Is really dark. Um, yeah. It have, I think we're missing, we missed uh, Garth Marenghi in um, the kid's bedroom. Um, that's inexplicably in the middle. Oh, of that's the, just the before. Yeah. Yeah. It's right, inexplicably right, 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 right. in the children's hospital, which I noted and I thought was especially strange. Like, why is this kid in his pajamas in a fully furnished bedroom with a whole bunch of toys? Like <laughs> yeah. this, this hospital exists within like some sort of MC Escher type, like functional functional uh, kind of universe like it's got totally. so many things going on like garth Marenghi acts as a, like a police officer and like a manager but he's not the boss but he yeah it's it, yeah, he it's confusing uh, he, they say yeah he he does he does security surgery and general admin <laughs> is what they say about him <laughs> like, that's a very confusing corporate structure yeah that, that doesn't sound like it's very effective um, every every doctor walks around doing whatever they need to do and pack and heat the whole time <laughs> exactly um yeah so they have uh they they're introduced to or they're introduced and they're talking about mm-hmm. actually w- quickly about the scene with the, with the kid in the bedroom because oh, i yeah. have it's so it's so good like yeah he goes in he talks to this kid quickly before he, he gets called in but he stops to do this first because he loves kids and uh he goes in he's like the kid's like is my dad gonna be all right i don't know i'm not jesus christ i've, I've made peace with that <laughs> and just sort of like talks himself up and the kid's like i hope my dad doesn't die oh doctor uh dr daglas you work too hard they don't pay you enough they say this multiple times like you don't get paid enough he's like i know i, I do this because i'm a good person he's constantly just, looking for a way to get a raise 
Yeah, exactly. Every single character refers to him as as basically like uh, just an absolute savior. And totally uh, underappreciated, even though every single person in the hospital reveres and loves him yes. so much. <laughs> reveres and respects him to the nth degree. Like licks his boots all day long. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> just leading into to the, the, the sheer god complex of this character of Garth and <laughs> um, Yeah, the power fantasy stuff. Gotta yeah. love it. So he talks to the kid, and then he leaves, gives a nice little salute on the way out takes off uh again then they, they meet and they, they talk and, and about this the, her psychic vision and, and, a, and her bonk on the noggin <laughs> and um i think i think is that there's really much not much else oh yeah right um they're chatting and he's like okay oh sanchez is like oh so you've seen either something in the past happened is currently happening or is going to happen <laughs> and she says yes that's the gist of my powers yes <laughs> um and we're also introduced to uh we're introduced to uh the dean Lerner's character um, oh that's after this i think that's just after this scene okay i thought that that was i thought that they met each other in in his office but i could be mistaken oh um, you know that, that that's right after this that's so right yeah after they this. Um, okay they they're talking uh, and he's like, okay, do you, can you remember any specifics about your vision about like what horrible thing is about to happen in the hospital? And she said, yes, I saw the room 213. Uh, and he's like, oh, that's my friend's room is his, his doctor friend from a long time ago. And they're like, what happened between you and this Wilbur customer? <laughs> your and, uh, voice is really on point. I love I him. love him. He's my favorite character. Um, and uh, so he's like, okay, fine, I'll tell you. And he did. we do a flashback, and he's explaining that he had this friend who used to be his best friend, this doctor in the hospital, and uh, they got into the occult so they could better save lives. They wanted to learn how to do dark, dark magic so that they could save people's lives. And uh, they tried to open up a portal to hell in the break room <laughs> or in the cafeteria. Um, oh, man. So they could they could talk to demons and, and get magical powers. Obviously, this dude has never played Final Fantasy because he would know that black mages are the offensive type and white mages are the healers. You got to go with the holy the holy uh, occult stuff. You can't go with the with the doom, uh, doom. Uh, That's devil, right. Satan stuff. They um, they they really they really missed missed the boat on this they one. Missed the boat. They really missed yeah, the opportunity. They, if they had only played Final Fantasy, that's all I got. Right. To say. It, all of this could have been avoided. The rest of the show could have been avoided. <laughs> yeah, show's done. Show's done. Show's Wrap done. it up, guys. We're good. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, so it does back. It goes back. You see the friend, and he's like, okay, and we were doing the ritual, and then I went to get us some milkshakes, and when I returned, my friend had gone mad. And you see him, like, possessed, and he's, like, freaking out. And it cuts to Garth, and he's holding holding milkshakes, and he's like, ah! <laughs> and, uh, and then it cuts back, and he's like, anyway... So he went crazy and he stopped being a doctor, but now he's back because he's sick and he's in that room. <laughs> and that's that's the exposition for this whole sequence. And they put him back in the room with the portal to hell inexplicably. Yes. Um, and they no, have, he he is the portal to hell. He is the, the guy, portal to hell. The doctor himself. is the portal to hell. Oh it's contained God. within him. Uh, uh. Right. And I love how like Jacob's laddery everything is. Like oh my God. everything is really. It, it's all practical effects but it's all very effective and it's it's fun oh, it's very fun it's so fun a lot of screaming a lot of just like absent screaming to so much so, so much. much just like something's happening and then a character going like ah for like <laughs> five minutes and then we jump back like nothing happened yep it's uh it reminds i think about like um troll 2 like every every scene is troll 2 like, they're eating her and then they're gonna eat me oh my god 
Like that's every single scene in this is just that over and over and over again. <laughs> that guy, oh man, he does not get enough credit. He should be making so many royalties off of those memes. <laughs> His whole life is, ru- is ruined by that one phrase. By that, I one wish line. Um, that and garbage day. <sighs> those are like you know the everyone. If those guys got royalties for him, they'd be millionaires. Nilbog, Nilbog <laughs> is goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> so so good. So good. I so, guess I guess yeah. If anybody's familiar with those with what we're referencing, that is the thing that this show is parodying. Like that <laughs> style of film is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he goes into the room. Um, yes. Garth goes into the room to check on his friend. The um, check on his friend who's who's in the room. But first, it's him and Sanchez outside, and uh, Sanchez is like, "You know, we're buddies, but if you want to be friends <laughs> with him, I won't stand in your way." <laughs> And, uh, and 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 Dr. Daggers is like, oh, no, I've already got Buddy Sanch. Why don't you hang back on this one? Mm-hmm. And they do like a, like a weird little handshake. Yeah, <laughs> and Sanchez have a good handshake. bolts down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes off. A very, uh, like, yeah, he's got some purpose in his step for sure. He's got some purpose in his step for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Garth goes into the room with his friend. He sees him standing there, and he's like, are you okay? And then the guy goes, ah, and he explodes. Just, yep. just erupts in 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 gore all over this room and this is like well done but sort of like on purpose not well done but it's also (laughs) really well done practical special effects like they have a dummy that it seems like they filled with legitimate meat and actually blew up like this seems like a legitimate explosion that they that they did with a proper pyrotechnics crew yeah they absolutely did it was i was really impressed by this i remember it being like pretty violent and like pretty pretty just like gory and and practical effecty but i i <laughs> yeah. thought that if i were to rewatch it now that it would kind of not hold up but holy shit practical effects nothing holds up better man really nothing no, holds you. up better and there was only one cgi shot that i actually noticed only one and I, i'm pretty sure it was when a bit later on like at the okay. end of this scene i think but I mean, one little CGI scene within a whole lit, uh, like slew of practical effects. I, mm-hmm. That's fine. It's not George Lucas yeah. stuff. Um, exactly. Yeah. So he explodes in this he horrible, explodes. gory mess. Uh, looks like Fallout <laughs> New oh, Vegas. Wait. Hang on. No, did we... Oh, fuck. Right. No, we, uh, we, we did miss the scene with Dean. Oh, we missed the scene. We did with miss Dean. the we did miss the introduction to uh, to to Dean Lerner. I think that uh, like his introduction is essentially just like they have the interview, um, talking about how Dean is not he had never acted before. Yeah, and he's a, he he understood that he wasn't a good actor, but he went yeah. and he did it anyway, and he did a fantastic job. But yes, in the interview he says, yeah, he says, um, I'm not an actor, and he says, I don't want you to act. I want you to tell the truth. <laughs> and he says, okay, well, so that's what you're about to see is me, Dean Lerner, not acting, but telling the truth. <laughs> and it cuts to him looking straight into the camera going, what are you doing, Garth? I mean, what are you doing? Uh, fucking Rick, you're, 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 what's going on? And he's just screaming into the camera. Wait, yeah, it's, it's, it's so perfect. His emotions so funny. are so deadpan and they're always fucking hilarious. <laughs> Every time he's in a scene, the, uh, sh- like this, sh- shot continuity is completely off like he'll be holding oh, yeah. a, a shovel in one shot and then it will cut and then he won't be holding a shovel 
or like I think vice versa actually happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's very funny. It it's a lot. It's a lot. He's constantly forgetting his lines, but Garth Marenghi isn't ditching the whole take. He's taking like half of a take and stitching it together with another half of another a take half. because obviously he wasn't able to actually do it in totality uh, yes, properly. Yes, there, there, there are no scenes with Dean where he got through the whole scene once <laughs> without, in, in, in a, without breaking or like doing something a fucked horrible up. horrible cut or something like that. Like they notice yeah. like he's he's looking the wrong way or he has his hand like in a weird place. He's constantly like looking that. into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like glances. It's like somebody looking over at their mom to make like while they're mm. off at a soccer game, like looking to see if they're doing okay. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every character in the show has some kind of great bit attached to them. Oh yeah. Like Sanchez, all of his stuff is is dubbed over and and incredibly overacted. Dean is just constantly playing with continuity because he can't know his lines. Um, do, uh, Dr. Asher, like she is constantly like psychically reading everybody's minds and like getting exposition that way and, and like jumping around and, I, and screaming I incoherently she acts as kind of like this the tropey like female in most modern or most like media <laughs> in most of that films of the time yeah. yeah just like kind of useless like pretty like is driving the plot um by mm -hmm. like her own plot devices but she's not necessarily affecting things um <laughs> yes because she doesn't actually have any change yeah because like a, a woman's opinion is less important than a man's apparently like that sort mm -hmm. of thing um so i feel like that's kind of reflexive everything in this show screams to me that they knew exactly what they were doing and at, totally. at every single frame of this show was fucking intentional because they probably yes. had no money no money at all <laughs> Like, this is probably made on a shoestring, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia pilot yeah. um, budget. Um, but I think just like It's Always Sunny, like, you can tell this feels like a labor of love oh, through yeah. and through. Oh, big Everybody time. on this cast and crew was super passionate about making this weird thing that they thought maybe only they would think is funny. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? a couple of comedy nerds are going to discover yeah. it, like, 15 years later or whatever. Um, <laughs> exactly. But it's... <laughs> It's a fucking great show. I, I'm a big yeah. fan of it. Um, Huge fan. Yeah. So I, that that covers that covers the introduction yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we 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 meet Dean. Yeah, we meet Dean. They do the the little fake interview mm -hmm. with him being like, "I'm not an actor," and then jump to him just kind of screaming at at Rick and Sanchez, being like, "You got to get this under control. She's a psychic, and something terrible is going to happen in my hospital. And get to the bottom of it. I my hope ass. you don't fuck this up. If you don't do this, my ass is grass." And he like slams the table like really, really kind of like purposefully. Like you can do yeah. my ass is grass. It's, yeah. it's good stuff. <laughs> it's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we jump straight to him going in and uh, to the to the friend who explodes. So yeah, we're yeah. good. I'd like to just bring up one line that uh, Garth uh, says and it's sure. Keskala Diff. And I just, I thought that that was so perfect that it's going to become a, a, a main phrase in my everyday lexicon uh keskala diff is, is just so perfect in so many ways i can't even begin to describe how how much i love it um so what was the context in him saying that again i think it was like uh this this lady is psychic or like mm. what like we should look out we should uh, look out for her or something like that and he was right like, keskala diff she's just a <laughs> 
or something like that. And it's just, it, it was, it was perfect. Anyway, I yeah. was, I, I need to always remember that and I need to record of course. that um, in my mind. I fully expect you to say that on the podcast multiple times <laughs> as we, as we go every episode. Cascola um, uh, So we're back in the room. We're back in yeah. the room. And back in the room. we've got uh, the man who has just exploded. <laughs> he is in a quite a state, quite, quite a state, quite a state. So uh, first he explodes. They, they they have the dummy. The dummy just is obliterated. You see this like fake head bouncing around, <laughs> and then it all stops. Like the action stops. We're just watching a room full of gore, and you hear Rick Dagus be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and then it cuts. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And then it cuts, and it's him going into the room. It's all just strewn about with 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 gore and mess and 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 guts, and you see the guy's head just sitting there in this pile of gore but it's his real head and he's like rick i'm hurt bad <laughs> and he's having a conversation with this this guy's severed head in sitting on a pile of of, of muck on the ground it really hurts <laughs> yeah he says it's okay i'm gonna get you help get me a fucking nurse he's like calling for a nurse and the and guy's like, okay i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to stop the bleeding he says i'm gonna try to stop the bleeding to his severed head and the severed head's like rick I need you to put me out of my misery. Don't ask me to do that. It really hurts. <laughs> he's like, God damn it. So he grabs a shovel, a conveniently placed shovel in this uh, medical suite. Really dirty shovel too, I might add. <laughs> dirty. Yeah. Why yeah. is this dirty shovel in this hospital room? But <laughs> Nothing. This is everything. Time to ask questions. No, everything is just convenient for the plot. Or I guess, I guess I don't know how a shovel would be convenient for the plot, but it's just it's there because they needed they needed to hit him with a shovel. Yeah, they needed to put him out of his misery. That's the only thing yeah. that they could think of, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so he has the shovel, and he's and he's like, ah, he's just another scene of just him screaming, yep. and then it cuts to the guy's severed head screaming, and then him screaming and crying, and then him screaming and crying, and then him screaming and crying, and then it goes in just super obnoxious slow motion of him knocking the head <laughs> with the shovel and the head bounces away into the it's like a styrofoam head yeah it bounces away and then it cuts to him from the top and the head bounces right back to his feet <laughs> i think that that might have been the cgi shot i think that that oh, the head really the only cgi shot yeah that the head um oh at a i thought they should have a practical uh like a, like, a, like a dummy head and they just bounce back i don't know maybe maybe right? It just looked CGI to me. Maybe okay. I could be wrong. Uh, like, I, obviously, I, I wasn't there. I have no idea. But I... I, I, <laughs> I wasn't on the set. I, <laughs> what do you... I don't have all the answers. I don't... Well, I don't... I have I have no idea. But it looked like it. It looked it looked like it to me. But also, cool. I thought that... I, I'm notorious for thinking that things look like things when they aren't actually the thing. So, <laughs> what the fuck do I know? Um Man. So yeah, I think we're splitting hairs over this severed head. I, I don't think, think it's are. really that yeah, important. It's, it's not imperative. <laughs> it's not. It's not thetical to the point of the Garth Mar of dark of the dark place. Mm -hmm. um, so we're at the. Uh, we're pretty much like at the end of the episode at this point. No, we're. I think we're about maybe three quarters through. Three. Qu I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it cuts now to. Uh, oh, Sanchez comes in. He sees Garth holding the the, the shovel and all the gore everywhere, and he, and he says. <laughs> I'll get a mop. <laughs> and then we cut to someone had put, oh, no, no, that's right. The next interview. This is the second set of interviews with Garth and Dean. And they're sitting there. And it starts with Dean going like, no, it starts with Garth being like, I, I've never exploded. I just <laughs> oh, yeah. know. 
I know what it would be like. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's the best. <laughs> he so says, I, I've never exploded. I just know what it would be like to explode. And then it cuts to Dean and he says, I don't know who exploded in Garth's life. It could have been a friend, a family member, a, a, a dog. But you could tell that scene came from a place of pain. <laughs> there were tears on set, not from Garth. He was strong for the crew, but I was crying the whole time we filmed that. <laughs> you got that like verbatim as well. Kind yeah, of applaud I, you for that. Because um, it was so good. I was yeah. like, this is fucking perfect. This is hilarious. Yeah, well, I remember it viscerally. I, 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 that's why I know that that's verbatim. It's, it was a fucking hilarious little bit um, because the explosion was um, really well done. Uh, the only thing yeah. I can compare it to... Um, where are you in the office? Have you continued watching it? I I am on season. Th I'm halfway through season three. I'm just on okay. the wedding. Phyllis's wedding. So okay. So you're not. It hasn't, ha you hasn't happened yet. You haven't hit what okay. I'm about to say yet. But it's not a. It's okay. not a spoiler. Michael That's made fine. a movie at, at some point. And oh, uh, threat level midnight. Threat level midnight. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And there's a, a a scene in it where Toby gets killed by the villain Golden Face. And joke mm -hmm. spoiler: there is a mannequin head that they explode like 35 times like it's just like 40 <laughs> seconds to a minute of just toby's head exploding and it's mannequins right and it it it's like he really wanted it to be the best the best scene and they go to right. like a talking head and it's like oh by and large the toby's toby uh, toby's death scene was the most expensive shot in the in the <laughs> in the whole thing like you could and you could tell because they get like worse and worse as they go on like it's it's just really good anyway it reminded me of that like the kind of intimacy with that kind of like overdone uh like over edited kind of explosion right. thing it was i really like the explosion in, in this yeah episode. it was a, it was a solid explosion very solid explosion very i will solid say explosion. that um so we are at um the uh the interview part uh we've just um yeah the interview and then it cuts to we're back in the hospital. Mm -hmm. They have police tape up over the door of the room where the guy blew up. Um, and then Dean um, comes over with the shovel and he's arguing with, with Garth and the rest of the cast saying like, you use this to treat him? What What do you think's going on around here? This is a hospital. And he's like holding the shovel and like yelling at him. Uh, and then they're arguing and he's like, listen, I don't, I don't know what happened, but but he exploded, and that means that the portal to hell inside of him is open, and now we've got to find a way to close it before this damn hospital goes to hell. <laughs> and um, and then we cuts to Dean again, and he's got a cup in his hand instead of the shovel. And then, like you were saying, it split, it's it like cuts really abruptly back to him holding the <laughs> shovel again, and they do that back to the cup again at the end when he crushes the cup because he's mad, <laughs> constantly jumping around with the. In. Right? They put the cup back in at the end. They <laughs> put the cup back in the end so he could crush the cup because he's pissed off. And he does the cup crush so well. Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, completely emotionless. Totally yeah. deadpan. It's, it's fucking brilliant. I love that. Um, yeah. So, I think... Oh, he also... After he hits his friend in the head with the shovel, he says, bye-bye, mm -hmm. buddy. In a right. really... I, I love that, again. Mm. Like, another thing that he says. Just bye bye buddy i need to have that sound effect um on my phone for for whatever use i, I i'm gonna put it into it. my twitch stream yeah exactly yeah. i'm gonna cut it and put it into my twitch stream. bye bye buddy as a <laughs> uh, exclamation point bye bye exactly um yeah so i i think 
yeah, we have. And, What's what's next? What's next? My notes kind uh, of sparse this, at the end. The cemetery is next. The cemetery is next. Okay. Yeah. So Dean, D- they have an argument, and he says like, "Okay, well, you know, we should deal with with the, with the aftermath of this." And so it jumps to uh, Garth driving to the cemetery in a giant cardboard car. <laughs> the car, car is great. Yeah. Is very obviously fake. Mm-hmm. It it's looks like obviously... Night Rider, though. Like it, it's so funny. It's a cool car. I wish that it was a yeah. real car. <laughs> I know. It's just like it, it, it looks like just a giant cardboard car. Like it's yeah. like, it's it's so funny. So he's driving in his inner monologue, being like, oh, I have to get to the bottom of this. You know, the demons some crazy stuff's gonna start to happen if I don't fix things. Um so we get to the cemetery and he, he shows up, he we have a long shot of Garth walking into the cemetery and I think he's wearing an outfit that you don't agree with. Is it the is ba- this the outfit? Is it this is this the bathrobe? No. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's way earlier. Yeah. Okay. I think I missed it. The bathrobe was the thing that I really, it made me really uncomfortable. That guy's legs are, are, I don't want to see that guy's legs. I I (laughs) forgot that was way earlier when he first meets them and she's like, I'm a psychic. And he's like, I need a shower. And then it cuts to him coming out of the shower in the bathroom. That's, yeah, we missed that. Okay, cool. Okay. But anyway, um, I forget what he's wearing um, in this, in this scene specifically. In the cemetery, he has... All, the same all black outfit he's been wearing, but now he has a leather jacket, a black leather jacket that's zipped up to the bottom of his tie and no higher. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna bring up the image here because that that is just an image that you need to have. It's perfect. Uh, it's a great look. I would wear this. I'm just switching over to the browser. I would wear this podcast look. Here. Yeah, this look. Right this is here. our first time doing this, I think, right? Yeah, it is. This it's is our first time, time doing some visual that. cues. I love that. Yeah, look at that. Oh, you know what? It was on the wrong thing, so I'm gonna have to block oh. that out. It was on the uh, wrong monitor. So oh, that's embarrassing. All good. It well, it just <laughs> popped up. Like our our Discord chat just popped up, so it's, oh, okay. it's actually fine. But Garth, Garth's fate or Garth's outfit here. I'm gonna do it still because we had already uh, done that. Yeah. That's what he's looking like. Now. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> it's so good. I would wear this. It also works. It works like crazy. I would unironically wear that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds it kind of reminds me of uh kind of reminds me of uh like the duster and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They're always fighting <laughs> over the, the the leather duster to look badass yeah. in. Um, Who gets to wear the duster? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get buried in the duster. Like, <laughs> Mac and Charlie Die Man. That's a great episode. Yeah. Um we have to cover more it's always sunny. I'm bummed out that we, we do. missed that that we have that lost episode with it's always sunny. And I th- thought that that yeah. was a great, uh, great episode. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get back to it in, yeah. in the future for sure. For sure. Um, so we're at the we're at the uh, funeral. Um, yeah, the funeral for the man who just exploded. Yes, yes, Mister Explodey Man. Mister Explodey Man. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, he comes back to life. I think. Like, oh yeah. There's there's not there's like some conversations that happen between um, between Dean Lerner and Garth Marenghi. I can't really recall the details of them. Uh, I think that's, I think it's afterwards. Oh, no, no yeah, just happens. really, really briefly. Yeah, 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 really briefly. They're just sort of talking about, like, yeah, um, I'm sorry I snapped at you. And, like, yeah, we have to, yeah, figure out what's going on and stuff like that. And then we cut to the, the, the priest in the hospital. Um, and he's standing over the body. And he's saying some prayers. And he starts going off on, like, a, a very funny tangent that now I can't remember. I was going to reference it. But, uh, but he, he just starts talking about, like, you know, uh god oh yeah that's right god works in mysterious ways sometimes he comes at us from above <laughs> below 
sideways <laughs> on an angle. Sometimes he comes at us when we're in the shower. Sometimes he comes at us when we're brushing our teeth. The Lord's mysterious is what I'm trying to say. And then while he's saying this, the wooden casket that they're going to bury him in, it starts to shake and kind of rumble. And everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? And the casket bursts open and the guy is now back together again. You can see he has like, like, um, like sewn marks, like stitches all around his limbs yep. where he's like, where they've put him back together like Frankenstein, <laughs> uh, Frankenstein's monster. And uh, he's running and everyone's like, oh my God, he's alive. He's a zombie. Jesus Christ. And everyone starts to take off. And then Rick immediately pulls out a giant 44 Magnum revolver from his waistband and just starts, just starts uh, like going to town. Oh no, for the first the guy's mom comes over and she's like, no, my baby, he's alive again. And she's like in front of him. And he's like, get out of my way. She's like, don't shoot my son. And he he shoots her in the shoulder to get her out of the way. Yep. And then just 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 unloads on this fucking zombie corpse that's flailing around in the I'm box. Actually, she shoots him like 40 times. I'm going to bring up this this scene here. I might as well. Oh, that's so good. I can have it on here. Garth Murray's done yeah. place. It's absolutely bonkers. He just starts unloading on this zombie, and it, it's it's him shooting, and we we cut we cut from shots of him shooting, and then Dean Loner standing next to him, looking awkwardly into the camera, <laughs> and then it cuts to shots of Dean shooting a pump action shotgun just into the air randomly. Cuts back to him shooting, and him standing next to her, looking <laughs> like he doesn't know what's going on. It keeps cutting back and forth between him and the shotgun. Uh, until eventually he just flamethrowers the zombie and 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 it, it blows up. Well, and we, again, we're getting we've got the uh, scene going right now. Oh, we got oh, Dean so shooting aimlessly. It's oh, <laughs> it's so good. And the flamethrower, like, the there's flame no way to, to really explain how good this scene is without showing yeah. a little bit of it. A little bit of it. <laughs> it's so funny. He yeah, he just pulls the flamethrower out of his butt and uh and, and goes to town on on, on this this zombie demon corpse. Oh man. And uh and yeah, he kills him. He's dead. He kills him again. He's dead. Dead he's dead, dead part dead. two. That's a double tap. That's a double tap right there. <laughs> um so we we have no more of uh of his old buddy. And yeah, so old buddy is burnt to a crisp. Bye bye, buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye, buddy. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, and then so afterwards we ha- we have garth he's standing there looking pensively into the distance there's now police tape around <laughs> like a police <laughs> tape line around the the burnt body in the cemetery yep and uh dean comes over and he's like uh well rick was right i should go tell him that <laughs> and he goes over and he's like oh well i'm, I'm sorry rick we'll you know we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this uh how are you holding up and uh and rick says uh I need some fresh air despite being outside <laughs> in a cemetery and he walks off and, uh, and, 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 and Dr. Asher comes over. She's like, Rick, wait. He's like, he doesn't say anything. So then she just immediately turns to Dean and like grips him like in a very dramatic, like embrace. And he holds her and then immediately goes down and just squeezes her butt very hard. Yeah. Like a complete, it's so over. It's so, overt. yeah. So over it and just holds it there for like five seconds as the camera pans away. Um, not and, that's, and then sexual assault is not good and no. uh and he should not he should not be uh feeling too good about himself for, for doing that <laughs> all i'll say the every like you can tell like at, at every point like every single moment in this is so meticulously considered yeah. and it's it's so deep and layered because like you have the creators trying to get into the minds of these like you know fake actors that they're playing and like 
how that plays in. Like the layers of this show are just in, insane. Like you would have right? had to characterize yourself for a long time before this. Like you would have had to be thinking about the character of Garth Marenghi and uh, and Dean Lerner and all these characters a lot. Like mm-hmm. you have to, you would have to write down a whole shitload, have a whole character sheet. Like maybe act like them for the day and like in society <laughs> or some shit do some method, method acting stuff i wonder you know? if this was a method acting piece because if so that would make um garth like completely intolerable like, that would be a horrible <laughs> I horrible d- i onset i i don't i don't know i don't i don't think so it definitely has a, a, a jovial a jovial fun uh, atmosphere to the set like you can tell that these 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 folks are just having a great time right yeah but like yeah all all the the rampant sexism and everything like it's just like so specifically it's there on purpose to uh make fun of that or to, to satirize the fact that like yeah, yeah like this is this character this is this actor this producer trying to act as this character and in that moment he's like okay well we have a hug scene, so I'm gonna grab her tush. Like that's <laughs> that. Like the the layers of it are are, are, are insane. Yeah, there's it, it's and, it's like onion. Yeah, it's like an exactly. Onion. Yeah, it, it is like an onion. It's, it's beautiful. Layers. It's a great series. Yeah. It's a it's a really it's a fun series to to be such a good series. Um, and and I think the la- the only thing left is the last scene of this is Rick on top of the is uh, he's on the roof of the hospital doors uh, doors. <laughs> Like he just repeats all like doors like eighteen times. Like, yeah, he's he's um says oh the the doors to hell are have been opened. <laughs> oh sure, the doors are open, not to the hospital. Those doors are closed unless you open them because you need to care. <laughs> but the doors to hell, those are the doors. I mean, they're open. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he he walks off the the roof and he basically sets up that the rest of the show crazy ghouls and goblins and monsters are going to be showing up and attacking everybody yeah and if you watch the rest of the series you will know that a lot more crazy shit happens i think way crazier than what happens in the first episode this is the tamest episode yeah by by a decent margin as well and that's that says something i think that says a lot yeah um absolutely and i want to i want to uh compliment the uh set design of the roof oh it's really just it's like one of those things where it's low budget and it looks like the roof in Friends or the roof in like How mm-hmm. I Met Your Mother or something or even like something back in the day like the Westfall um, like hospital series or ER mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, it just it gives off a really like good vibe and it's just impressive that they were able to, you know, take the budget that they were given and create that set create all mm-hmm. of these all of these sets that aren't like they're not like the prettiest in the world but they like they're <laughs> functional they're completely functional yeah. and they're believable i don't think that it, it's it's uh, set on location anywhere because it's impossible no to film I, I think this is entirely i think this is entirely a set that they built yeah everything and, about it and it's it's all very good yeah it's it's really impressive how they were able to do it on like is it sky i think it's uh sky uh network the sky network um i think i don't I do, yeah i'm not i'm not sure i know the bbc is notoriously bad for um funding stuff like they'll underfund <laughs> stuff they'll cut funding like midway through a production like that sort of thing right um so i don't know how sky or channel four is uh is in britain but i mm-hmm. i wonder if they had gone through some like budget issues or something like that at some point just pr- general production questions though i'd be really interested yeah. to 
see an actual documentary about it, not a mockumentary about yeah. like the production of it and everything. Kind of that's it, fair. It, it's like a room, like the room on purpose, a little bit. Yeah, it gives exactly. Me the same effect. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's uh, that's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place episode. That's the first one. episode of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, episode one. We uh, we both enjoyed it. Uh, this is something that I love we. We both love this show. Um, again, this was a kind of formative experience for Sam and I's uh, friendship <laughs> being born. Um, like when somebody shows me something that makes me cry laughing, you know that yeah. I'm going to keep that person in my life for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, that's the bar. Yeah, it's that's that's the bar. That's that's absolutely the bar. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, it, it was a good way for us to kind of build our friendship and i'm excited to uh i'm excited to watch the rest of it now because and go mm-hmm. through that all that nostalgia again because now that i've watched the first episode i'm kind of on the on the take now i'm kind of uh, right i'm kind of in the mood for some garth Marenghi. Um, if if anybody listening hasn't seen it before i i truly think that when you watch it you will be pleasantly surprised yeah like i i i don't i don't know it is very weird mm-hmm. and it is very like what the fuck's going on but like going in, if you know, like okay, this is like a, a weird satire. It's like this kind of absurdist mm-hmm. comedy. I don't know how you could not have a good time watching it. Yeah, honestly. like if you don't like absurdist comedy, don't watch it. Just yeah. don't watch it because you're not gonna like it. We both yeah. like absurdist comedy. Both really like it. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's way up our alley. Um, I don't know specifically how popular or how well it was received. I feel like it's like a very like not well-known thing and it's kind of like a comedy mm-hmm. nerd um kind of kind of thing at this it, point it gets it gets a little bigger every year i think but i just i don't know i don't really see it referenced too much anymore no uh it was around 2010 like around the time we found it it was sort of like becoming a little bit more popular but even now to this day it's still very much like a cult hit yeah absolutely like very even on imdb it's only got like 500 reviews or something like that that's odd it's got like an eight it's got like an 8.7 rating but it's something based on like 500 reviews or something like that i should i should and uh, i should right? i should put I'm, on i'm some, very surprised get some reviews going for my my lesser known uh t- <laughs> favorite tv shows right um okay man so we will uh we will do a transition we'll take a, a five ten minute break yeah. We'll come back with Spaced, episode Spaced. one, which I'm very, yeah, very excited about. All right. Me too. Transition. <laughs> and we and are back. Welcome we back, everybody. Back with Spaced. Um, yes, I hope you enjoyed your break. I hope you enjoyed our, our ad for uh, <laughs> Insurgency Sandstorm with their new Night Vision oh, update. <laughs> Just wow, recently on, released on Steam. Uh, <laughs> thank you to New World Interactive for, for sponsoring our podcast. We should, until we get sponsors, we should use the time in between to uh, just plug a game that we really love. I actually would love that. That would be cool. Yeah. Like, I've been playing Dead Cells. It's awesome. Go buy it. <laughs> that's exactly Let, what let's I would do, do that dead cells is awesome yeah okay. that's that, that's if i could do that that would be very funny put that on the, really put funny. that on the list um yeah. so today we've got spaced um spaced is a strange show to kind of broach um yeah. because it exists within a, a much larger universe um and that universe is never really expanded upon mm-hmm. um but it exists within a, a litany of other stuff uh made by edgar wright um and edgar wright is a british director i'm just going to bring up the wiki page uh for Mm -hmm. space right now just to get all the actors names and everything this is definitely your um this is definitely your 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 pick for the week because i don't know anything about 
the universe of space outside of like the couple episodes of the show that I've watched and right. Edgar Wright's work post spaced. Yeah. Like I don't know anything about the rest of this. So this is definitely going to be your, your, so, your time to go on a rant like I was with Garth. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, <laughs> so with this show, it exists within the universe of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End, I think is the name mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, the Cornetto Trilogy. Yeah, um, the Cornetto Trilogy, which I think is one of the most genius pieces <laughs> of film in comedy ever. I think it's such a clever idea, and they execute it really well. It's like my favorite ensemble cast ever. Everybody's <laughs> great in it. Um, and they kind of started that whole trend with this show. Um, they started it off, Edgar Wright was just like right out of film school, I think. Um, he, he, him and Simon Pegg were close friends. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of like a comedy circle that was going around as far as I know with like Nick Frost, um, Daisy, uh, Jessica Stevenson's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Mark Heap, Julia Deacon, and Katie Carmichael. I, 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 actually, I actually know this because of an interview with Simon Pegg that um, Nick Frost wasn't actually originally going to be in the show him and Simon Pegg were roommates at the time and he would always make Simon Pegg laugh with his characters and his impressions and that's what convinced Simon to convince Edgar to cast him as Mike in the show. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. He was like a waiter at the time. Like He was a server. He wasn't even an actor. Well, and, and uh, he's, the best, he's the best character in the series as far as I can tell. Like He's my favorite. He's but he's my favorite for sure. Uh, yeah, all of his hijinks is is just so crazy and weird. <laughs> like, at I guess this is a, a not really a spoiler, but like a bit of character development. Um, just to mm. give you an idea of Nick Frost's character, he storms uh, the Paris Disneyland with a tank that he stole from <laughs> the Army Reserves place that he uh, that he works at or that he <laughs> stationed at. Um, so that's the kind of person that Nick Frost's character plays, and I think yeah. that it, he's the best. Um, and the show, it doesn't explicitly exist within um, the same universe outside of one main connection. It's more an ensemble cast, but it's considered within the same universe. Um, mm-hmm. And there's one character later on in Spaced. Um, God, I can't remember his name. He makes a he like makes beats with like noises that are around the apartment so like a toast thing goes off and he starts like jamming up to the toast anyway he shows up in Shaun of the dead as a zombie with the Mm. same outfit that he he would have on because he's a bike messenger and he has a bike messenger's outfit on so that's the main connection that's the strongest connection as well um but it all it obviously all comes from the same comedic place and Mm -hmm. with all of the same timing the same sort of writing the same sort of kind of like heart that's buried underneath a lot of like kind of crude lines that are said by people who are obviously emotionally ill-equipped adults um yes and it it's just it's fantastic um and i guess spaced if if we want to start off like oh I'll, you know what i'm gonna give a, a little primer to why i love sure. the show so much um so it was back when i was like 12 and it was in england um i had I, it was my third time in England at that point, and we were staying over at our uh, at our cousin's house, and it was in like Derby, and Derby is Midlands, so it's like heavy, heavy rain country, like a lot of rain always. And we had gone during Wimbledon, so there's a, there's like this kind of 
colloquial joke in in England that if you go to England during Wimbledon, you're going to get fucked because it always <laughs> rains on Wimbledon. Always, no matter what. No matter how much uh, stuff that they put into it to deter the rains or the ra- the rain the rain's effect, it always ends up screwing up Wimbledon for some reason. But anyway, <laughs> it was raining like crazy and we couldn't do anything. We were supposed to go off to Scotland um, and we couldn't go because it was raining like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I remember there was a weekend where it was just raining straight, like no stops at all. And I had stayed up until like 3 a.m. watching the first season that I had found. Um, I had watched the first episode with my with my folks earlier in the day. And they were like, oh, this is a funny show. I like this, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was the funniest thing that I had ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I thought, I don't know what clicked, but it was just like the writing was sharp. Everything felt like it was made for me. I don't know. It was sure. cool. Um, and I remember I was in a room like this house was supposedly haunted and I had had <laughs> weird experiences there before. So I couldn't really sleep. I was like 12 years sure. old. So, you know, like believe in ghosts, that sort of yeah, thing. Ghosts everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Ghosts everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially in England. Um, yeah. And they had had like With the origin of ghosts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The birthplace of ghosts. Yeah. Uh, they had had psychics come through the place too. And like a medium. And they had said like, there's five ghosts in here. Um, and my cousin had seen like a ghost, but I'm pretty sure it was just sleep paralysis. And like, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of weird stuff that I don't need to go into for very long. Um, sure. But anyway, I had gotten up because I couldn't sleep and I was like, oh, I'll just watch Spaced. So I get up and I pop the DVD in the player and I'm watching, like, I watch all of the episodes um, and I just think it's the funniest thing ever. And I remember it was this just, ju- just giant giant great room because this this lady that we were staying the house that we were staying at rich af like very (laughs) rich has a huge mansion um with like a pasture like not not a field a pasture (laughs) where they like ride atvs and shit it's it's wild over there um and it was just like torrential downpouring thunder rain everything and you could hear it this there was like the rainy mood in the background and i was watching this show and it was completely dark out but like the faint glow of the crt tv with the with the dvd (laughs) of of space going i don't know man there's it's it holds a very special place in my heart and that was kind of one of the first shows wherein i saw a queer character Mm -hmm. um and he wasn't explicitly queer but he was just a guy that nobody really understood um his sexuality um and i was kind of figuring myself out at that point um the character is brian yeah i I I figured i was like okay i know i know about brian but i don't know if there's another character on top of that no it's uh, it was brian and it was kind of the first portrayal of a of a queer person that wasn't like explicitly showing um Mm -hmm. and explicitly like over over effeminate and that sort of thing just to kind of prove a point about him being gay Mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't stereotypical specifically to serve some kind of uh check for the for the producers of the show yeah or like a narrative Mm -hmm. purpose of some kind it was just he was there and his character was like queer and you couldn't really understand his character but it was okay because you liked him anyway Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like a relevatory experience within my own like queer self-discovery and i always Mm -hmm. thought that like that's kind of that's one of the reasons why this show holds like such a deep place in my heart 
it's like with near like with with my yeah, boy for sure. with my boy emil <laughs> emil is gay emil is gay but it's never mentioned it's mentioned in one line one line specifically implies that emil is attracted to uh to brother near um mm-hmm. in uh near replicant not the not the western version where it was a dad it's like the japanese version where it's like a 16 year old boy or whatever right um but he implies that he's in love with him and that's mm-hmm. the only indication that he's gay it's being confirmed by yoko taro that he is gay but it's not a main part of his character it's just right. who he is it's just these people exist we're not passing judgment it's just this guy exists and i i yeah. love that kind of objective queer representation where it's not stilted to be the kind of glee glee stereotype which i really sure don't re- identify with at least mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess that's that's it, it means a lot to me in summary essentially yeah, totally um so, I, yeah. I see what you mean about earlier when you said I'm going to get nostalgic when we start talking about space. I I I see I see what you mean. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. a it's a real connection to the show. Um, the only thing other thing that I can really think of that compares to it is The Sopranos, just in my own like headcanon as to sure. my own cultural uh, and philosophical development. Um, sure, sure, sure. I really love the show. Um, so I guess we could go right into the plot here. Um, sure. Yeah. Not much more preamble we can we can do. It's uh. Yeah, it's a great show. It's two seasons long. I guess we can go yeah. through the cast real quick. Fourteen episodes, yeah. C- yeah. Created in nineteen ninety nine. Classic um, a British TV show. Only yeah. Lasting fourteen episodes. Yeah, two seasons. Yeah, seven episodes apiece. Yep, and we've got yeah. Simon Pegg, uh, Jessica Stevenson, Nick Frost, Mark Heap, Julia Deacon, and Cat Katie Carmichael as the mm-hmm. uh, as the main as the main leads. Yeah, uh, written, written uh, directed by Edgar Wright and written by Simon Pegg and and, and Jessica. Uh, Hines, Jessica, what's Stevenson. your name? Stevenson. Stevenson? Okay. Jessica Stevenson, yeah, which is yeah. interesting. Like, it wasn't really written by Edgar. Some of it was mm-hmm. written by it uh, by him. He wrote, I think, two or three episodes mm-hmm. uh, later on in the series. Um, but most of it is written by Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, which is really yeah. impressive because it's, it's fucking really sharply written, and it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and I guess it starts off um, with Daisy and Tim seemingly interacting with each other mm-hmm. and it, it starts up with with I, I wrote this it starts with a breakup and i put breakup in quotation marks i said breakup i guess yeah seemingly it's such what a, a strange yeah yeah so um tim is begging uh what's what seems to be daisy to uh take him back and to not leave him oh who are you with oh are you going with that with that guy oh i hate that guy um mm-hmm. that sort of thing whereas jessica stevenson's character daisy is in the window and she's essentially saying, oh, I don't think it's working anymore. We should probably end it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of revealed in a pretty artful uh, way that uh, Jessica Stevenson was actually talking to a what appears to be a homeless man. Mm-hmm. And Simon Pegg is talking to his now ex-girlfriend, Sarah, um, mm-hmm. who he still loves a whole, whole lot. And will yeah. be a main theme throughout the first season, uh, no doubt. Um, so... They break up. Um, Daisy throws a bunch of change at at the homeless guy, a floor yeah. below. Um, it's pretty heavily implied that Daisy has been living precariously um, and dangerously for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. We're not really given any information about the characters either um, for mm-hmm. a while. And after like a little bit of just kind of B-roll shots, them kind of walking around the city. 
they finally get to a cafe wherein Daisy's uh, or Tim is sitting down at a, at a table reading his comic um, or is a newspaper and Daisy sits down, asks him to take this free seat and starts looking through the paper for uh, starts looking through the paper for uh, new places. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has this fun little um, this fun little musical sequence, like getting to know you. Yeah, getting to know you, um, <laughs> and it's kind of a montage of them laughing and you know, yeah, they keep meeting in the time. same spot every for multiple days. They keep yeah. meeting in the same cafe and chatting and getting to, getting to become friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Simon Pegg uh, shows up at one point in his uh, fantasy bazaar uh, flyer handing out outfit, <laughs> which is this horrible like goblet green goblin alien type thing yeah it's this monster costume horrifying it's a horrifying costume um (laughs) and there's there's a scene just before this uh where tim is kind of asking like daisy like what what do you do like where do you live and daisy tries to explain it but she's so inarticulate that she can't (laughs) really explain it and he's like get to the end get to the end of the story and she's like <laughs> well i need a i need a new uh i need a new flat and he's like oh cool and then the get to the getting to know you part is is going but i thought that that was a really fun way to avoid um telling somebody's backstory in a really contrite way or yeah. in a really trite way rather um like usually like oh what do you do five ten minutes of exposition about this person's <laughs> backstory and then yeah you zoom back and it's like okay i guess i was watching an episode of one piece um but yeah it it it, i like this i like this scene i like how the the show introduces itself and does it in in a non um like extrapolating um like Mm -hmm. way too much and and kind of sniffing its own farts yeah it's it's pretty quick the beginning of this is pretty pretty tight yeah and i think like one of the cool things is it's almost presented like a french new wave film and i that the douche meter just fucking went right through the, <laughs> the went right through the top there but like you're presented with these characters so they have no history they have no parents they're kind mm-hmm. of like both completely lost within the world they don't really know where they're going or what to do mm-hmm. so they kind of end up teaming up um because they find a house they find a house or a daisy eventually finds a house Mm-hmm. after uh breaking down in the last yeah. segment which is my favorite i love i love how she breaks down like they oh, have this fair. yeah they have this musical montage and all of a sudden she <laughs> i can't do this anymore every day is the same and every day is getting worse and worse and it it's it's wonderful uh mm-hmm. horribly embarrassing for anybody in the cafe for yeah. sure but also a great way to subvert the montage they had literally just been playing. It was very, very clever. It's very, startling. Very funny. It's, yeah. It's and she, she starts to cry, and then immediately he's like, oh, hang on now. You know, this is weird. You know, I, I, I'm sad too, but you don't see me cry. And he immediately starts to cry too. And they, then they, they kind of cry to the beat a little bit. where They're, they're just kind of taking turns where she's like, uh, and he's like, uh, 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 uh. It's, it's, it's very funny. It's very... we. I noticed this almost right away. I, spe- I specifically made this note about the montage immediately after this, mm-hmm. but just how you can really see the groundwork for Edgar Wright's sort of signature visual and musical oh, storytelling style in evident in space, like right yeah. away. Yeah, like it's great. If yeah, if you're familiar with him at all, like if you are familiar with 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 Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim and 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 Baby Driver and and Hot Fuzz and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. you know his style, and it's you can see the the bones of it 
taking shape here. Yeah, the uh, cogs. It's turn. very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's cool to see, especially as a fan of like it's like such a big fan of Shaun of the Dead and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like I watched Shaun of the Dead actually um, at the same time, like in the same probably period of a week that I watched Space for the first time as well. Which nice. I had no idea the two were connected, which was a pleasant surprise, actually. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I really, I agree. I, I like how they did the montage and, and, and all that stuff. Um, so they're looking through the through the newspaper um, after mm-hmm. crying, and sh- uh, Daisy comes across one ad that requires a couple to be mm-hmm. renting out the the apartment. Yeah, it's um, like it's a it's a perfect place. It's exactly the yep. kind of place that they were looking for, yep. but it, it requires a professional couple to mm-hmm. be living there. Yep. So Tim suggests we'll just fake it. Find a find a, another homeless male friend that you uh, that you have and just fake it. And she goes, "Well." And he's like, "Do you do you have any homeless male friends that that you could move in with? Uh, move in with there?" And she's like, "Well, I have one." And there you go. There's the plot. There's, yep, the, there's plot the plot of the show. There's the whole They're thing. Faking their their couple uh, couple status uh, to yep. the to the landlord, so that um, they can stay there. And then just the rest of the show is them trying to keep this ruse alive, so that they can they can stay it in uh, exactly in the place. It's very it's very cute. It's very clever. Yeah, it's a classic sitcom kind of setup. Yeah, yeah. It, like I I can't say anything like overwhelmingly positive about it or or underwhelmingly negative about it. Just, mm-hmm. it's a lukewarm plot. I think that it's fine. I think that the yeah. it's the the skeleton of the show for sure. Yeah, it's where it really shines is is in is in the comedy, the visual gags, and, and the and the supporting cast who are all yeah wonderful. Exactly. And I'd like to yeah. note that this show is shot with one camera. It was shot mm-hmm. with one camera specifically. They might have expanded after the pilot, but the fact that they made this show to this level of quality with mm-hmm. one camera. In 1999, is <laughs> really, really, really impressive. Absolutely. Really fucking impressive. The visual gags that they're able to pull off—they're like cutting from like conversations are happening. Like, they're—they're—it's just not poorly done. Like a lot of the yeah. time, you see with a single camera thing, like you see in a web series or something right. like that, they have like a huge establishing shot, and that's the only shot that a character has a conversation in. Whereas right. with here, they're zooming in, and it all feels natural. It doesn't feel like different takes. I don't know. I just, I'm blown away by the fact that it's a single camera, um, a single camera operation. Totally. It's like to the same level of impressiveness as Clerks, if not more, in my opinion. Um, so they kind of they they figure out that this is what they're going to have to do, but they have to do a lot of preparing to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have, have to, to sell themselves as, as you know, a couple, as people who have known each other for years. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, three years, eight months, two no. days. Was it five? Oh, five, five years. You know, yeah. five, five years, eight months, and three days is what they say? Yeah. You said yeah. that two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're going through the um, bios of each individual person, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where the visual style of Edgar Wright really is like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. It looks just like a, a movie that he'll make later on. Yeah. As they, they go through the montage of, like, quick information of, like, this feels like the opening to Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Where they're talking about, like, Nicholas Angel's, like, 
compilation of, of his deeds and stuff like, like that. Like how, how he was the best cop in, in London and how exactly. he was taking all of the arrests so they had to put him into a, a county in like yeah. the middle of an English uh, English suburb. Exactly. I, I love that plot. That's a great fucking yeah. plot. He's um, just, you're just too good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I think that this is a great way to establish a character's animus and their, their just general backstory and everything. Because mm-hmm. like, you have to know everything to fake being in a relationship, so you're kind of learning about everything that's pertinent to that character. I just mm-hmm. I thought that this was really well done. I, I thought it was interesting, though, because in that sequence where they are talking about each other's backstory and the facts and stuff, it's all very innocuous stuff. Like, it's nothing yeah. that's really important. It's nothing that is, like, a deep character revelation or anything like that. It's purely just, like, honestly nonsense, most of it. Yeah, like, Daisy is afraid of spiders and, me- and mice, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Her worst fear is mouse spiders, an all-powerful race that will immobilize humans and webs in order to steal cheese. I thought that was fucking <laughs> hilarious. And the thing is, she doesn't say that at all. He yeah. says that. He makes that up. He combines that thought process because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a char- he's a comic book guy. He's yeah. like making his the bear comic book. And I just thought that like the fact that the facts are so banal and kind mm-hmm. of inconsequential adds to the characterization like what's not being said is just as important as what's being said, I think. Right. Um so I guess we get a, a view into uh who Tim is. Um, yeah, he's allergic to bananas, um, so he doesn't remember the uh, Christmas of 1987, <laughs> um, and he also doesn't remember the Christmas of 1994. Daisy asks him, "Why don't you remember that?" And he says, "Don't know, can't remember." <laughs> she says, okay, "Yeah, makes sense." Um, yeah, love that little bit. Um, and he dreams of working for Dark Star Comics, uh, writing, Dark Star Comics, writing and illustrating his comic, The Bear. Which the bear, is a uh, pretty bad uh, comic book, seemingly. Uh, yeah, well that drawn, we that though. we will get into later for sure. Yeah, um, um, there's a there's a really good bit involving his comic at some point. Um, yeah, and currently he's an assistant manager at uh, the <laughs> Fantasy Bazaar Comics um, with owner Bilbo. Um, yeah, who is also a really famous comedian who is really worth checking out. Uh, Bill Bailey. Um, okay. He's a. Like, I've heard of him. I think he's like a musical kind of guy. He does like, he's kind of like a British Bo Burnham. Mm. I think that's like a good way to to describe him, as far as okay. I can tell from his comedy. He's on like Nevermind the Buzzcocks and the Jeremy whatever show, like all of those kinds of like big cultural British shows. Uh, he's gotcha. hilarious. He's definitely worth checking out, and he's cool. great in this show as well, uh, especially with the conflict about the Phantom Menace that comes up a bit <laughs> later on. Um, and his ex- uh, I, yeah, that's that's a, f- yeah. a fun fact also about uh, Peter Peter, Peter Serafinowicz because uh, he's he play Peter Serafinowicz plays Duncan the 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 nemesis Tim's nemesis oh, in the show yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he played Darth Maul in episode one of Phantom Menace. Did he really? Yeah, that's really funny. That's right? really fucking funny. I did not yeah. know that. That's yeah. The whole. Like you've seen a couple of episodes, right? Like, I've seen a couple episodes of Space. I saw enough to know their conflict. I know about the the Star Wars Episode One <laughs> plot points, and and just I noticed that oh, Pierce of Hamish is like the bad guy. And I'm like, oh fuck, well that he's he's Darth Maul. <laughs> that's so funny. I did not know yeah. that. That see, that's the kind of thing that that's like buried 
and you're kind of yeah. like, oh, who's Darth Maul? Like, nobody gives a shit who Darth Maul was. <laughs> oh, it's that guy. That makes sense. And that yeah, yeah, guy's yeah. great in everything he's in. I always love him. Oh, he's him. so good. Yeah. Um, so he plays... Uh, Miss, he plays... Mr. Wick, do enjoy your party. Oh, yeah, he was in John Wick. John Wick Chapter 2, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he was in... Uh, he was playing... Or he's in this show, he's playing his ex-friend, um, mm-hmm. who's now dating his, uh, his ex-lover, uh, Sarah... Mm-hmm. Um, much to his chagrin and <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the basis of uh, of tim's character as far as the yeah. explanation goes um and daisy's bio i thought was was really funny um graduated with bad marks in the humanities <laughs> at her university she, she graduated with bad marks at a good college so it's a moot point <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that counts is that you were there she yeah. claims and one of my favorite lines of the show, or of, of this episode, rather, is uh, Michelle from EastEnders got a third, uh, which a third is the grade, um, which yeah. I think is not good. I think, like, that would, I imagine that would be, like, a 33% or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. And EastEnders... The, the low third of, of, of students. Yeah. yeah. And EastEnders, if, if anybody's not aware of, uh, of British, shitty British tv culture um it's this incredibly long-running um soap opera that's been going as long as any american soap opera um it's super ridiculous it's like coronation street with slightly higher uh slightly higher production values but i love Mm, it i grew up watching it it's 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 horrible but it's it's a lot of fun i know Um, you you grew up watching a lot of british um yeah uh fucking uh, what's the word i'm looking for soap operas uh, just that actually. It was just that. Just, oh, yeah, I, th- I thought you also watched Corey. Did you? Didn't your mom also love Coronation Street? Or <sighs> my mom watched Corey for a while. She watched it. <laughs> she calls it Corey. She's really close no, with that's, it. No, that's what it's called. People. Call I just. It, I love it. I think that's the, hilarious. All to the me. fans call it Corey. You guys. Did you? Did you catch Corey last night? <laughs> I, I. I. don't know why I hate that. <laughs> but it's, I do. It's right to hate it because Corey Coronation Street is bad. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, I've. I've like caught an episode or two in the past. And yeah. I've been, I was like, I, while I was watching it, I was like, what is this? Oh, this is Coronation Street? This is what people are talking about? What the fuck? Yeah, turn it right <laughs> off. No thank yeah. you. EastEnders is fun, though, because there's, like, murder plots. There's, like, Coronation Street is like, who cheated on on Duchess, on the Duchess of all? But <laughs> it, I guess not that. It's more in a city. Sure. It's sure. More, I don't give a shit about Corey. I don't know what Corey is. That's I'm not going to watch it. Never going to watch it. EastEnders fair. had Phil, the axe murderer in it. And that was a crazy <laughs> show. I love that. That was that was like the, the miniature killer in CSI Las Vegas. That that shit kept you on Oh, what a great seat. subplot. What, Holy shit. The miniature the killer. Oh, one of the best. Fuck. I remember that, oh, that fucking storyline at least once a month. Like it comes Holy up into shit. my mind. Oh, yeah, me too, dude. Like fuck. her getting... Buried underground in the oh don't oh my god I can't. Get getting out. buried underground is one of the Get worst one of my worst nightmares honestly yeah yeah that was a Fuck. that was a bad one um, that subplot is actually fucking terrific yeah it was really good it was really fucking yeah. good um and the <laughs> okay, fact let's that get back to it before like we talk about CSI yeah I know I know yeah before we talk about CSI for yeah, six exactly. hours <laughs> All right. so uh more stuff that's revealed about Daisy she has a boyfriend um who's in mm. Hull right now uh which Tim mistakes for hell obviously. <laughs> Um, she wants to be a journalist, but hasn't started at it yet. Um, <laughs> and so, like, she's not a journalist. Um, yeah. Her best friend is named Twist, who is in the fashion industry, um, but she's a dry cuts, cleaner. Yeah, it cuts to a shot of her folding clothes in a dry cleaner. Yeah, so, yeah. so she's a dry cleaner. Um, 
And yeah, she's afraid of rats and spiders, but more greatly fears the uh, hybridization of the two. And the last point I noted uh, was she has no skincare routine to speak of. So one of those, uh, one of those little banal little details yeah. about her. Um, so after that, they're kind of like taking photos um, as they're as they're learning about each other. Yeah, they're taking. They have a Polaroid camera that Daisy brings, and they start mm-hmm. taking like um, it's like a montage kind of sequence where they have all the photos where they're like pretending to be in uh, it, like skiing and like yeah. in a tropical resort and like that sort of thing. Um, when they're just really just taking pictures outside of travel agencies, like with the backdrop of these things yeah, and exactly. stuff. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, very classic plot. Yeah, hey, it, for a very classic ploy. Whatever works, whatever Dang, works, works for them. Um, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't end up being necessary, but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then once they kind of finalize the information about them, they say, "What's your name, by the way?" Daisy, my name is Tim, and they shake hands and they have like a really enthusiastic handshake. And I thought that it was great that they were. S- Completely willing to live together despite not knowing each other's first names. Yeah. Um, you probably want to be on a first-name basis with somebody if you're going to be living with them, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, you could always just call them roommate. Pardon me? You could always just call them roommate. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got the establishing shot of the apartment uh, coming mm-hmm. in with all this ominous music. It's, uh, I believe it's 215 Meteor Lane in, uh, in London. It's a actual building that exists mm-hmm. in london um it was chosen by uh by edgar wright and simon Pegg. still exists um people make the pilgrimage out to it uh, quite often but this the, show the spaced house yeah it's the spaced house man of course yeah i wanted to do it but it's pretty suburban last time i was in london um it was pretty hard to get to so i didn't end up getting mm. the chance because it would have taken me like literally two and a half hours on transit both ways <laughs> it's like i'm I'm in London right now. I could be doing a lot more than going to yeah, see yeah, yeah. the exterior of a house. Um, you could f- spend that five hours doing a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, so they start looking at the apartment building. Um, Marsha is uh, introduced um, mm-hmm. after answering the door, and they introduce themselves as a couple. Yeah, um, Marsha, the, land- the landlord, the person who owns the house. Marsha. 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 She is a sultry, middle-aged... Um, alcoholic woman who <laughs> is always smoking and is uh, really really overtly sexual with uh, mm-hmm. people who are very uncomfortable with it essentially yeah seeks seeks drama I get the impression that she's a she re- yeah. lives off of it a shit stirrer, yeah. no doubt and if you go yeah. into the second season you'll see you'll see that play out at after a certain point um, <laughs> and they just go through the apartment they tour it i love the establishing shot of the apartment how it kind of comes in and it's almost like a a a showroom for uh for the price is right like they're showing something off like really fancy and it's like when they're establishing (laughs) like pan uh side sliding pan shots like all that Mm -hmm. stuff um and it looks like a nice apartment um normal kind of two-bedroom uh spot pretty big um and they kind of get a tour around. Marsha takes them into the guest room and says, oh, well, this is a guest room, but if you have another life, uh, another little baby on the way, they awkwardly respond. <laughs> Let's see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and then they open up the closet. <laughs> and the closet, is it's just... And, like, 
the screen turns red and it zooms in and there are two uh two girls dressed in um dressed in like scout like, uniforms yeah like uh like. like girl scout uniforms yeah yeah uh, whatever the british equivalent is and marcia asks did you do the did you do the chores and they both <laughs> say in unison we did the chores mrs marcia we have done them very well and it's like cutting back to simon and and uh, jessica stevenson or daisy and tim kind of like terrified and yeah yeah it's not it's not addressed by marcia at all never again until, it's never addressed we never talk about it until the end where they she said it's dog day or something like that and i think that that means it's like take your kids to work day or like <laughs> there's like some sort of volunteer initiative in britain that we're missing the reference on yeah, um, I just just but it was just a great way to throw in a quick reference to The Shining. Oh yeah, and uh, I remember in that moment, uh, what did I say? I um, I was like, oh yeah, so that was pretty terrifying with the twins in the closet. I forgot this was in the same universe as Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got all the occult stuff coming through, yeah. just perme or per, uh, perforating through. You got exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love The Shining twins. Um, yeah, and they go back. They have an interview. They have a little interview. Um, Marsha asks if they're employed, and it does like a smash cut away to uh, Tim handing out flyers outside of the Fantasy Bazaar, <laughs> um, like fifty percent off comics today or whatever. And then uh, Daisy in front of her typewriter, completely asleep. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Also, fifty percent off comics is a great deal. Oh, big time! Yeah, if comics are already was, cheap. I, I, I'm probably remembering it wrong, but if that's the spot, if or if that's it, you can you can catch me booking a flight to uh, to England. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going. The 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 the, the, the rates are worth it. The yeah, travel exactly. fees are worth it for if those. If I buy in deals. bulk, it'll make it worth it. <laughs> Ten thousand comics, please. Um. And yeah, so they they do that smash cut, and they essentially just repeat. Yep, we are busy, very, very, very busy. It's too too so busy. busy. We never see each other. God, we just don't even know. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> like, busy bees, nothing like, to do but work and. <laughs> like the typical kind of like British, just repeating something over and over and over again awkwardly. <laughs> Is that typical for it. Britain? What's that? <laughs> Is that typical for England? Uh, yeah, that's that's typical British person. Trust me. <laughs> Why? You hear. If you talk to a British person on the phone, 90% of the time, they're going to uh, end the call with, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> like, they're the seagulls in, in Finding Nemo. Like, it's, <laughs> Mine? Yeah, it's ridiculous. My mom does it. She has, like, the uh, British accent through osmosis yeah. when she talks to any of my family. It's I, 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 I've heard her. I've heard her on the phone. It's insufferable. Insufferable. <laughs> um, so, essentially, they get the apartment. Um, Marsha is really accepting and believes them pretty much immediately without any yep. sort of interrogation seems um, like she's pretty desperate to rent the place to be perfectly honest <laughs> yeah exactly she just wants a couple it seems like she's more lonely than she is in need of a tenant though and that's yeah. the difference it's kind of like the alfred hitchcock um story about the uh about the the landlady who like she kind of like baits people in and then poisons them and then kills mm. them blah 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 it's an old famous old Hitch hitchcock story it reminded me of right. that a little bit um, <laughs> yeah and they get the place uh they get the place after confirming to the to uh marcia that they've been together for five years eight months three days haha <laughs> <laughs> knocks heads with each other um yeah 
and it cuts away and, and Daisy's moving out of her uh, her apartment her squat her, she lives in a trap house dude yeah she I, I wrote <laughs> she, down here that Daisy's old flat is genuinely gross and scary um, it's a meth den <laughs> it's really yeah it's definitely like people are nodding out there you can see ashtrays like going up to the top of the of the ceiling yeah. like it's just it's really gross it's not good <laughs> she's like um, moving out and she's like okay well um i'll give you a call if i got any questions about bills and stuff and uh and anyway i'm gonna go and they're all nodding off not responding i'm gonna i'm gonna take off yep saying well, my goodbyes gonna, now yep just gonna, you know I'll, maybe maybe we'll catch some get some coffee later and no okay <laughs> no you will not be you um, will not be these people have no idea you exist <laughs> oh did we lose you what? Sam! Hello? We might have lost you. Oh, what happened? Oh no, we got technical difficulties. Okay, oh, God, one second, happened? folks. Hello? Hello. Can you... Yeah, is we're good fine? Now. That was weird. Yeah, it's... Well, it's still recording. It's fine. It just, uh... Yeah. It, it froze on you for a bit, so I just ended the call and... Okay. I just said we'll end it. we'll say we had technical difficulties. Cool. Okay. Sorry, okay. folks. Had technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Um, so we were just saying before this. What were we saying? We uh, she lives in a, me a meth den. She says oh, yeah. goodbye. Nobody cares. Yep. Nobody cares at all. Um, yeah. They want her out. I can imagine. And she has an absurd amount of stuff. She brings out a fully nude mannequin, which I I always <laughs> thought was strange for a, an adult individual to have. Yeah, um, she's an artist. Yeah, she's an artist. There you go. Um, just They're both general, artists. General artist. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Daisy's apartment. Um, yeah. And then Tim gets his stuff. It cuts to Tim getting his stuff with our boy Nick Frost. Uh, good Nick old Frost. Mike. He's in Mike. there, fully dressed in uh, in army surplus gear. Yeah. He's um, in army khakis and a beret with his handlebar mustache <laughs> and his and his is like aviator sun. They look like aviator sunglasses, but they're just normal glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, his whole character is really strangely put together, and his whole persona is beautiful. And now that you've said yeah. that about Nick Frost's character, not initially being in the script, it makes sense because he doesn't really say anything in the first episode. He's just <laughs> he there. doesn't. He's, he's just, just there. He he throws a box marked marked fragile in the back of a of the van very haphazardly, <laughs> claps his hands and gets in. That's all we see him of, and that's all we see of him in the first episode. And he's like one of the titular characters in the in the whole series. Absolutely. Um, and as far as like Tim's development and everything goes, um, so I love Mike. Mike's the best. Um, I I feel <laughs> like we should really re revisit this show at another on another episode. Yeah. Um, maybe like the second episode or something because this his character really comes into form and the whole like yeah. him being in the tree story and him being a kid <laughs> with a giant mustache is just we uh we also missed earlier uh when she's like oh and your best friend's name is is mike and he's a weapons expert and then it cuts to a grainy black and white like looks like a clip from like the game manhunt of just him with like yeah. a slingshot and he shoots the slingshot and he goes hey and <laughs> that's, you hear that's a it cat in the background yeah. i forgot that that was in there yeah that yeah. was a, that was a big note that i missed fuck anyway <laughs> no it's um, fine yeah we got to it now yeah, it's because exactly. it's relevant to this yeah it, it's just it's just a, a little note that his character is introduced so that's that's yeah. the second time his character is introduced then um and i just think in this scene specifically it really shows off the talent of edgar wright and simon Pegg and jessica stevenson's like direction and writing because they're able to break into this like legitimately heartfelt monologue. So okay, so I'll, I'll oh yeah set it yeah up. yeah yeah. So 
Tim is getting his stuff back from uh, from Sarah's house. And from his, his ex-girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend, yeah. And she hands him a skateboard and it's like, is that it? And it's like, yep, that's pretty much the last thing. Um, and she was asking if he has a phone number, um, if they need to contact or if he needs to, she needs to contact him about bills. Um, yeah. And he says, well, Daisy's handling that right now. Um, and she's like, Daisy? Who's Daisy? It's like this girl I'm moving in with. And he sees that it's bugging her. Um, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. kind of takes advantage of it and pretends that it's a real relationship um, and kind of says like, well, I like I'm living with her. You got to move. I, I got to move I, on. I, yeah, I've got my, my life isn't going to stop for you. You're already seeing somebody. You're already with. He really, yeah. really launches into this very heartfelt. Uh, this tirade. But this yeah. this tirade is kind of like it's self-aware like like tim's being an asshole about it he's being yeah like he's not being a, a, a nice person about this he's right trying now. to get some petty revenge because he's been hurt like yeah. that's that's the scenario exactly yeah. and then he sees the opportunity to get back with her when sarah says well do you love her and he's like oh oh so she still feels something for me mm-hmm. so he goes into this whole this whole emotional speech which i think is brilliantly acted and brilliantly mm-hmm. written it's talking about like how this guy will always love her and how it'll never like change nothing in the world could change this blah 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 and how she'll always be the one it's hard to articulate it without actually yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. it um and quoting it verbatim but it's worth yeah. it's worth checking out um or i mean if you're watching the show you're going to check it out regardless but you get what exactly I mean. um and Instead of responding to that with some sort of love, uh, she slams the door in his face. She um, says, uh, yeah, all right then, and then right closes then. the door in and his face. So that's enough for her. That's all she needs. She needs to have the fact that, or she she's comfortable with the idea that he's adoring her from a distance, and she wants nothing to do with him, but she still mm-hmm. wants him to herself. And this yeah. is, this is a, that kind of characterization that I really love, because you can see that this lady is a piece of shit Mm -hmm. and Tim is also a piece of shit and it's not explicitly clear who is in the right and who is in the wrong in the relationship it's just kind of figuring out these details for yourself you don't have context these... clues everything about it is context clues. Yeah. yeah you don't have like smash cuts away to like her like screaming at him or something like that or burning his clothes or doing anything super toxic it's just a relationship that died and this guy is lost a man and a man child and he doesn't know how to deal with it and it's yeah it's kind of heartbreaking to to watch this this specific scene and then it just be followed up with this cold ambivalence to to his entire being and to his love mm-hmm. and like it's just this small little scene like maybe a minute long and it's just really yeah. poignant i i really like this scene a, a fucking lot um yeah i just think this this is this is a fantastic scene overall um mm-hmm. and then after that i think that that's the end of that of of that interaction there i think that yeah they they then it's just them getting set up in the apartment and it's yeah. uh, it's daisy there she's in there doing her stuff and they yeah well they she's alone on. um first she's off, alone cleaning tim the apartment, is still yeah. tim is still or he's out doing something else um and daisy's walking through the apartment and she talks to the mannequin and it's one of my favorite <laughs> little lines that she has hey mr naked ni- nipple lady what you doing here <laughs> mr naked lady with no nipples yeah exactly yeah i love that um and she puts a little uh, boa over top of her nipples. Yeah, to c- cover, c- cover her yourself up, up, love. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> have some class. Um, and she goes into Tim's room because she thinks she hears a noise. Mm-hmm. And it's this scene is very it's very like it's set up like a horror scene. Like she hears a noise and she's going, and the creepy music's coming in. <laughs> she's like kind of making her way like into the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And she sees a cardboard box. She, uh, somehow the his costume that he wears at the fantasy bizarre place comes out and like attacks him or attacks yeah. her and like fall she falls down and tim comes into the house and she's like he's like what's going on why are you in my room um <laughs> and i thought that this was a cool kind of interaction um because tim doesn't know her tim doesn't know her at all and he comes yeah. home and she's in his room snooping around covered in his suit because she tapped a box and it fell on her yeah because she was snooping around like he could have been like oh you're trying to steal from me like what are you doing you're you got caught red-handed trying to steal from me but it just shows either it it gives insight into his naivete or into his trusting nature that could Mm -hmm. lead to his own demise a little bit um (laughs) which i think you could argue does happen a little bit um in, at other at several points in the series um and i think that it's it's cool it, it's it's a nice little um it's a nice little moment that this guy trusts this girl like he he believes he believes in her um and mm-hmm. i think i might just be like overreaching like some like sherlock fan on tumblr in 2014 <laughs> um but at the same time i've watched this show a lot so i, I guess i i have to overthink about it for it to be entertaining <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, and uh, so Tim and her kind of start talking about Scooby Doo. Uh, they bring up. Scooby-Doo. Oh, this is very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because, so yeah. So she, she's like, sorry, I, I thought I heard a noise. I was just. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just, I just was tidying up. She's very embarrassed and mm-hmm. she's bumbling out of there. And he's like, okay, well, like, I'm not mad, but like, also, I don't know. This is kind of weird. And uh, so then she goes over. She's like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. I heard a noise. I wanted to investigate. He's like, oh yeah, you playing Scooby Doo? And she's like, yeah. You know, I used to play it all the time when I was a kid. And he's like, yeah. Uh, she was like, who are you? I'm like, well, I was, I was Fred, obviously. She was like, oh yeah, I was always, I was always a Daphne. You know, look at us now. And it, the camera pans out, and she's dressed exactly like Velma, and he's dressed exactly like Shag. Yeah, like she. And has I thought her, it was so, it was perfect. She has her glasses on top of her uh, head, and she. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, she, thank you. Um, she like takes off a sweater or something or takes takes something off it's like an apron i think she's wearing an apron yeah that's what it is and it knocks off the glasses and it puts it on it's like the perfect frames the perfect sweater and they look like velma and shaggy Um, it's so funny it's it's perfect i i really like that joke um and after that yeah it's essentially just like conversations um for the most part yeah. after that um not they're, they're sitting action on the couch uh smoking yeah. weed and he's talking about his comic book i think yeah. that's the most that's thing. the next yeah. scene yeah so they learn about his comic book the yeah. bear um and he goes on like this really long convoluted rant about like about what the book is about and how it's like this bear that was given or this kid orphan kid who was given some sort of chemical when he was a kid yeah the evil dr mandrake yeah the evil dr mandrake and then he hits puberty and the chemical interrupts his dna's processing or something (laughs) his genetic code and foundation so he ends up turning into a bear and now the doctor is chasing after the bear 
in order to recreate this so he can make a bunch of super soldiers for the government. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Daisy is looking so bored, so fucking bored about this whole idea. And <laughs> he, she's like, why doesn't the doctor just make the chemical again? And, and Tim is pauses for a second. He looks around. He's like, he he tries to explain it away, and she's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay, sure, whatever." Yeah, um, he's he's very obviously embarrassed because he hadn't considered that plot hole yeah. before. And this is something that he's obviously <laughs> been writing for like five or six years. Yeah, like, a long time. Yeah, he shows her like a full binder of the stuff. Um, and one of my favorites in the in the episode, um, she like has a segue, and she's like, "That reminds me, Marcia told me about the rubbish." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. So what do you what do you think of my comic? She's like, yeah, it's good. That reminds me about the rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very about funny. The rubbish. And Tim is a dumbass, and he doesn't see the the obvious insult that just happened here. And he's like, oh, okay. So I'll just take out the rubbish now. So he uh, he goes and takes the trash out. Um, which now we have Brian. Enter Brian. And then we have Brian. Enter Brian. Good old Brian. Uh, dressed in nothing but a straw cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, which is a disturbing image, but he's sculpted <laughs> he's, like a statue. Yeah, he's introduced yeah. by uh, Tim drops his keys, and he st- and then a door creepily opens. There's so many like <laughs> weird homages to horror films in this. Oh, and yeah. The door creepily opens, and it's a pitch black room, except for the sh- the moonlight coming in through a window. And he just looks up, and he's like, hello? And then you just see from the shadows this man walk out into frame, completely buck naked, wearing nothing but a cowboy hat. And he's like, oh, uh, hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, no. And yeah, he's that's Brian. Brian that's is Brian. this inexplicably strange character who has yeah. no real rhyme or reason other than he's an artist. Um, yeah, we, we, we cut... We, we cut to him coming to the apartment. Yeah, his and he explains his art at one point, and I was like, "Oh, he's like a real Goya guy. Like he's a real like uh, Saturn eating his children kind of deal." Yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has the uh, like he enters in and he's wearing a, a dressing gown. Um, yeah, and like a like a geisha gown. Like yeah. it looks like uh, yeah, like a kimo- like a silk kimono. It's a kimono. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah. Odd, odd choice of dress. Um, but mm-hmm. and he still has his cowboy hat on. A kimono is cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, you can't yeah. abandon the cowboy hat. That's the most of quintessential part of his outfit. Yeah. Um, and she, Daisy asks, do you live downstairs? And are, he are, says, you, are you, yeah. Do you live, are you renting downstairs? Are you renting downstairs? And he says, are you asking if I'm gay? <laughs> and she's like, no. And he's, he's like, oh, okay. Uh, I sort of, yeah, I sort of rent downstairs. And Tim's like, <laughs> well, are, are you gay? And he just goes, uh, no, uh, <laughs> just like completely unclear about it. And Tim's like, okay, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to, how to deal with that. Um, so yeah. they don't really talk about it anymore. Um, and they, he sits down. She's like, oh, I'll get you a glass of wine. Brian says, like, oh, I'm not gonna stay for long. And then it has like a one hour later thing where they use an yeah, ashtray as the O <laughs> and there's a bunch of cigarettes already in the ashtray. Um, and Daisy seemingly has spoken for the entire time endlessly about herself, um, yes. which is to be expected with of her character at this point. Yeah. And uh, Brian reveals that he is a, he's an artist um, and that he likes to explore anger 
and oh, he, has... says, he says he's an artist and then that perks um tim up he's like oh Oh, what yeah. kind of art do you do? I'm a graphic designer. What kind of art do you do? Yeah. yeah. Tim makes cartoons. Well, it's a bit more yeah. than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he uh, he goes through all of the things that he that he does. Uh, anger, pain, fear, and aggression. And all of these are complemented by these, like, Jacob's Ladder type kind of uh, shots of him being angry and, like, smashing an egg with a hammer and him being yeah. scared. Cr- crying him him like cutting his finger and then like putting blood on a canvas says, like all this Owie! kind of stuff when he does it <laughs> like it's it's good and he's like yeah, yeah. attacking uh attacking the uh the uh canvas with his brushes and that sort of thing yeah um and that's essentially what his his sort of th- deal is and then daisy mm-hmm. relates tim to him by saying well tim does cartoons um yeah. after yeah and he's like well it's a bit more than that and then yeah. all of a sudden you hear... Not really the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you hear all of a sudden... Um, upstairs, you hear uh, Amber, uh, Marsha's mm-hmm. daughter, storm out um, of the of the upstairs apartment. Mm-hmm. A really interesting camera shot here. They have the camera uh, at the top of the room near the ceiling looking down on them. And then as yep. you listen to Amber coming down the stairs, the camera is panning down in relation to the sound effect getting louder and then yeah. and then down to the bottom it's, it's very cool it like starts over here like looking yeah. down and then she leaves the apartment you can hear the door slam it like moves over and then it moves down yeah and, yeah it's it's a cool shot it's a, it's very very clever well it brings into into play like edgar wright's whole musical kind of filmmaking like what yeah. you were saying before his timing and everything mm-hmm. um and now like this is this is the wind down of the episode pretty much you have uh, yeah. Marsha come downstairs um and kind of approach Brian in a in a weirdly sexual way um yeah. in a oh, way she, she 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 says oh that's he explains Brian explains that that was the daughter leaving yeah Marsha will be here in, a, in any minute now don't ask her about it <laughs> yeah don't ask if she wants to talk about it do not yeah, yeah, yeah. ask if she wants to talk about it. And then she comes downstairs and starts talking about how her husband left her for a dog. Um, yeah, it cuts to like another hour later. Yeah, like another yeah. hour later, she's been talking. They're all kind of drunk at this point. Um, and Marsha is constantly kind of like making sexual allusions to Brian. Um, and at one point, they uh, they ask Tim and, uh, Tim and uh, Daisy about how long they've been dating, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um they say the same date that they had said two days before like oh we've been dating five years eight months three days and marcia says you be you said that two days ago and <laughs> they kind of brian starts interrogating them and they yeah. honestly we, we get a into of, a little bit of the the insight of the the beginning of like the kind of the conflict for the show of like oh we have to keep this ruse going yeah and it, that's really the point of the scene yeah it's not a very fun scene to to explore either because it's yeah. just kind of like back and forth like oh do they know oh don't they don't know oh maybe they do know sort of thing yeah um and i think there is one funny gag though where she's like huh now would be a great in, like in her thoughts it's like a voiceover and it's like now would be a great time for that that psychic connection huh and she looks over oh he doesn't yeah. say anything ah oh, fuck and she cuts back to her oh, oh shit didn't work yeah and but the funny thing is later on yeah they have like she tries to do it again she's she's like does it by nature almost and he responds and she's like what yeah what? she's what's like in her in her mind she's like in the voiceover it's like that was weird and then it <laughs> cuts to him and he says you can say that again out loud 
very on point. She's so perturbed <laughs> by this. Um, and yeah, they just have they have like a telepathic conversation um, a little bit. Uh, like that, I think that bit's clever. That's like the last, yeah. the most serious bit. And essentially, they yeah. get out of the situation, the social situation, by explaining their way out of it. And very sitcom like kind yeah. of social situation. And uh, they pretty much just go to bed after that. That's the end of the yeah, episode. Everybody leaves. This is sort of like a fun way just to sort of establish like the relationships in the house and the people who live in the house and how people come, are going to come and go. We get mm-hmm. to meet pretty much all the characters. Yeah, uh, uh, for the most part. I think for we, the most part. there's Twist that comes up later um, and mm-hmm. uh, the boyfriend uh, or the ex-friend gets expanded mm-hmm. on way more, uh, Dwayne, but that doesn't happen until like four episodes in, I think. Um, yeah. This is a very good primer for like how you're going to enjoy the rest of the series, though. I think it gets yes. way better as it goes on, um, but it's it's definitely as with most pilots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think this is a kind of like the pilot test zone here. Like we're testing mm-hmm. out pilots. Like, is it worth actually watching, or like does it get better? Kind of thing. So if somebody mm-hmm. sees this later on and they don't like the pilot, they can maybe use our use the information we're presenting today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Tim. The, the ending joke is Tim uh, sneaks back out and grabs a magazine. Yeah, um, they, they go to bed. They close the door. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they close the door, and Tim sneaks back out to pick up a magazine of Gillian Anderson uh, doing like a lingerie uh, shoot, uh, which is like a, a little <laughs> masturbation joke at the at the very end of it. Um, yeah, just to button up the episode. Yeah, just, just to, button up a nice little masturbation joke. Yeah, a little nice little yeah. bow. It's good. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it. That's the episode. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's a good pilot. I think it's fun. Yeah. It it sets up the characters really well, um, really eloquently and like uh, succinctly as well. Like they don't mm-hmm. go way too much into the backstory of everybody. Um, they, they they leave enough up in the air that uh, there's lots of room to expand. Yeah, as they continue. Well, they don't want to lock yeah. themselves into a characterization that they exactly. find doesn't work with the plot that they want to do. So I I appreciate mm-hmm. the the kind of. Uh, conservative nature but also the fact that like they do give a good idea of pretty much everybody who's going to be in the show Mm -hmm. um and overall i I love the show it's one of my favorites i recommend it to literally everybody um if you like Shaun of the dead if you like hot fuzz anything from the cornetto trilogy baby driver or if you just like british comedy fun stuff it's very short two seasons yeah you can watch it in a day you can watch it in yeah two they're days. half an hour a piece there's 14 episodes it'll take you seven hours to get through it yeah like you can easily easily crank through pretty fast and same thing with Garth Marenghi like those episodes are half an hour and there's only six of them yeah like it'll take you three hours it'll take you basically the, the, the runtime of a movie to get through the whole show pretty much you know also both are available on YouTube in their entirety yeah um, um, not officially I don't think it's not, not a, officially. It's, it's yeah, not yeah. an official link, but they are available online. Yeah, um, it's because I mean, with Garth Marenghi specifically, like, I don't think it's really owned or really like they don't really care too much. The show no. is such a cult hit that um, it's not a big deal if you if you find it. It's yeah, all on YouTube. I can't imagine yeah. the the creators are trying to find all the pirated copies or anything like that at a certain yeah, point it's, piracy it's not a real money out. maker for any kind of production house no, no. <laughs> like they're not going to make a netflix get a netflix deal for garth Marenghi. yeah that would be a as much as i wish they would in, yeah that would because be it would get it would get some exposure for sure fully funded garth Marenghi uh season i'm um count me in count me in for sure <laughs> um yeah man do you have any uh final conclusions concluding final thoughts? conclusions 
Not really. I mean, this was a, this was a, a good little trip because this is just two two shows that we both have a lot of passion for, yeah. respectively. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I think this was. I think this episode was really just us geeking out, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's kind it of just fun. it's kind of just gushing. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm happy with this. Um, I think like with everything that's going on in the world right now, I feel like we just need a little comedic break, and we don't need to. Yeah, it was nice to sit back and be like, hey, these are fun. Yeah. Check these out. Like we did Idiocracy last week, and that was a that was a dark tale um that was a yeah that was quite the episode and that we was had fun. to kind of do our own research for it a little bit afterwards and like it was it was a bit it was fun it was fun but mm. it it was exhausting a little bit because i don't think that <laughs> either of us really liked it that much other than like in to, in totality with all of the well, I mean, yeah. parts I, exactly but that, that that's the point like i yeah. i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to doing more stuff that i don't necessarily like because uh it's like I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to uh, yeah I'm, to explore all these different things, right? I'm just as passionate about my yeah. hatred as I am about my affection. There it so is. So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Michael Scott. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Michael Scott. Um, I'll end this off, I guess. Um, yeah. But it was great talking to you, Sam. It's always great a talking pleasure. to you, Tony. Um, we'll be back um, next week or whenever yeah. the release schedule starts. This is the first. Whatever we figure out. Five episodes. We're gonna uh, kind of record in a bunch and then we'll be releasing mm-hmm. them sequentially um depending on what our uh, scheduling that we want to end up what, uh, that we end up doing is yeah um i guess we'll end off with uh black lives matter black trans lives mm-hmm. matter trans lives matter um and sex work is real work sex work is from the work. police and not even not saying these as memes but i need to say them at the end we need to be G- saying g- genuinely yeah. like come on yeah indigenous <laughs> lives matter like we need to we need to do better everybody needs to be yeah. doing better right now call call, call your cancelers sorry call your call cancel your cancelers cancel <laughs> cancel your your, your cancelers put new ones in there go out there get out there and vote send them an email a twitter mob that cancels people <laughs> get the mayor cancel. get the cancelers on here get, get the cancelers on the phone we gotta get them out of this ward yeah no call your counselors. if you're pissed off about something leave a message tell a counselor to, to smd tell a counselor to go fuck himself do whatever you yeah. need to do get politically active yeah. mobilize yourself go to protests do all the good things wear a mask be safe wear a be mask sa- be, be safe. safe please for the love of god be safe yeah all right friends sam it's been a pleasure as always as always all right man we'll talk soon take care uh, everybody take care outro go <gasps> <gasps> Ha <laughs> ha